the title of this episode is called Sins of the Father. The reason why we called it that is that we wanted to unpack the generational pains and problems and traumas and faults of those that came before us. Uh, what we learned is, is that in this episode, there's so much more than just that very topic. So I kind of want to consider this one as more of a down the rabbit hole kind of episode. And so we're still going to go with the same theme. We're going to go with the same title, but uh, just want you guys to know that we take a bunch of different directions and uh, at the end of it, I believe that we do a pretty good job kind of wrapping it all up. So if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate to reach out uh, and I hope you guys enjoy this one. The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. We are back for another episode of the Salumas Podcast. This is Kalu. This is Chris. This is Brandon in the background. And we are very excited today because we have finally, finally, after like over a year, we have our our actual recording spot. Yeah, uh, we Kalu ahead. and I initially intended on just kind of policing up the, uh, what do you want to call this? I, we got to come up with a name because we right. can't call it. If y'all got any ideas, it, it's basically just like a bunch of antiques and like dresses and shit partitioned off inside of my finished garage. But yes. it, the, the ambiance is better. It's more of a throwback to whenever we were in the dungeon over there on mm-hmm. 10th Street. Also like the Gatsby Dungeon or something. The Gatsby Dungeon. <laughs> the Gatsby? <laughs> Look, we'll put, that, we'll put that in the ether. We might use that. Yeah. But yeah, Kalu and I sweated to the fucking oldies out here trying. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get all this shit together, and uh, if the sound is a little bit suspect, we're still working out the kinks with that. Mm-hmm. But we do have our soundproof or, or our sound dampening material, but we just haven't put that up yet. Also, we have a Chris got an AC unit in here, but uh, it's a little bit loud, so we can't run it right now. So, so we'll uh, call it the sweatshop today. It's a sweatshop. <laughs> hey, it is a sweatshop. <laughs> it is a sweatshop. Uh, but uh, we are super pumped to have our returning contributor. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. Mark Twain here. Bueno. Bueno. <laughs> He's like Mark Twain. Good. <laughs> but uh, uh, we're we're coming together for an episode that I believe is going to be uh, pretty pretty heavy. And I want it to be. I hope that it's heavy, and it's going to be like a multi part one um, because this is going to touch on a lot of things for. For a lot of people, if that makes any sense. So the, we're calling this episode The Sins of the Father or The Sins of Our Fathers or whatever you want to call it. I think I'm going with Sins of the Father. And so the concept of that derives from the actual like biblical reference, right? And so that is um, just c- pulling from Wikipedia. It says, uh, uh, derives from the biblical references primarily in the books of Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers to the sins or iniquities uh of one generation passing to another. And so to take it into the context that we want to bring it into, um, this is essentially about generational pains and bad habits and all Trauma, sorts of things. How Trauma, that translates. Exactly. How that gets passed down from our parents 
to us and how we pass that on from uh, from ourselves to you know to other people who who possibly can be influenced by us. And so um, I just want to. There's so many places that I want to take this. So, but for me, I think it's better to just sort of not kick it off. So, who wants to kick this one off first? We not take, Brandon. We we. I was, was going <laughs> to ask Brandon what he thought about this shit. No, 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 we're, we're, <laughs> we're really not. Mark, who, take who, this who has who has an idea? What's that mean to you guys? The okay, of our father. I think. Who has an idea of what I, that I totally means. said I didn't want to kick it off, but like... Everybody's okay. familiar with that phrase, right? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, what's it mean so for you then? So for me, it means the... It means the, the way that I pay for, and I do my air quotes, pay for the mistakes that those before me made. So yeah. and I'm yeah. thinking just like my parents and stuff like that. So when I think of things like spending habits or, or my concept of, of money... Or my concept of family, or all these kind of things. Just Some how you might, view reality yeah, in I general has been formed in an enormous way, been formative. Well, has been formed through your mother and father. Exactly. And, but and, and I can sit there and say that like I've turned out okay or something like that. But but I that's know subjective. That it's subjective, know. yes. But I, I also being objective, don't one hundred percent think that. The way that I was brought up and some of the mindset now may not be sustainable for the world today. I think that the world has just changed so much and there's certain habits and there's certain things that and expectations that I have that I consider a, like something that I've like trying to work through. When's the first time you heard the phrase? Sense of our father? Yeah, yeah. when did it enter into your... Your mind is something that, that had meaning to you that you kind of held on to. Yeah, I think maybe it was this year. Um, okay. And I think it was around the time where we were talking. I think it was it was around the times in the Black History Month episodes that we were all doing. Oh, okay. Where I was yeah, just like, sense, you know, yeah. as I was thinking about, you know, I would tell people that, that we're having all these episodes, we're talking about. A lot of it was like things that white people did, right? And so one of my white friends was just like, when is there? When am I going to get to the point where I'm no longer responsible st- for stuff that my ancestors did a long time ago? Oh yeah, and so that started making me think of like just all sorts of other things. Like how are we? How am I responsible for? I mean, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Someone help me here. Well, it, I feel like a lot of times we don't realize all of what amounts to from a cognition standpoint. If we're just looking at psychology and cognition, it amounts to superstitious behavior. And when we talk about superstitious behavior amongst ourselves, we tend to gloss over that it's a term in cognitive psychology. Okay. Many organisms exhibit superstitious behavior. It's It's essentially just a... Basically, and I'm going to paraphrase, it's an irrational association with some kind of third-party item mm-hmm. um, that, like, if if you are eliciting a certain behavior, like, say you're, uh, you know what a Skinner box is? Uh, Skinner yeah, box. The psychologist so. Skinner? Correct. Yeah. B.F. Skinner created this device that you put a rat in, and uh, I think it could depress a lever, and that lever could also be electrified, so they could 
quantify responsiveness in accordance with positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, positive punishment, and negative oh, punishment. That that's okay. the yeah, that's the Skinner box. But if you if you put some arbitrary ass item in there, along with we'll say hypothetically, the lever becomes electrified at that point. Whenever that item is present in the Skinner box with the rat, that rat is going to learn and associate that third-party item with getting electrified on mm. some shit. Okay. When we talk about humans and superstitious behavior, a lot of it's dogmatic. And you know we're anti-dogma and shit. Whenever we, you know, through the socialization process, we couldn't help but take on certain frameworks that were presented to us by those that raised us. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you have the genetic component. And who are you most similar to? The people, yeah, the people that you're in direct proximity to, more than likely. So we we tend to ignore what could very well amount to the sins of our fathers, so to speak, in our framework and our lens and how we view the world. And I think the problem therein resides, and if we look at it at the macro level, is thinking with this superstitious behavior, um, sentimentalism, this arbitrary attachment to things, um, tradition even. And I know tradition serves a purpose, and it facilitates pride and group solidarity, but it can be stifling as well. The I think that the problem resides when people think because this works, it they gloss over that that's thinking that perhaps that's the only thing that works. So when you're talking about the macro level, like what has worked for our parents and their parents before them, isn't the blueprint that we need to utilize moving forward. And this is going to sound like some corndog bullshit, but I think the ultimate goal, if we're going to be a more enlightened species, is taking on the personal responsibility of being kind of shepherds Mm -hmm. of not only the natural world, but... Uh, you know, the digital world as well. You you shepherd things. And again, I know that's a slippery slope as well because human beings have a propensity to think, take that kind of shit and run with it too. You know, like, I'm, I'm the sheepdog. They're, they're the sheep. Yeah. But that's, to me, I feel like, and, and I know I, I look at things in my wordy, self-assured, bullshit-ass way, but to me, the sins of our fathers in a progressive kind of framework amounts to information we have to acknowledge in order for us to make any kind of headway as a species. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Where do you stand, Mark? Well, um, I, um, I encountered that phrase in high school in mm-hmm. like 1999. I know the year because I was watching that movie, The Thirteenth Warrior, with Antonio yeah. Banderas. Yeah, it's, I, I remember liking that movie. It's kind of corny, but it was corny that he played that role. I didn't feel that way then, but later on, I would feel like, why is he playing that? I mean, like a Spanish dude. But anyway, but I was watching that movie, and I would run out to the Greenwood Mall, and I would have these conversations with uh, one of two gentlemen. I think one's name was AJ or something. One's name was Alex. And the other guy, name I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. You guys might know them from the Greenwood Mall. They, they used to sell the jewelry. They always had the gold herringbones that were better than fake, 
but somehow <laughs> weren't, weren't probably probably weren't genuine. But you know, <laughs> yeah. buy one yeah. every couple of years, and people were still wearing herringbones way back then. That's how I knew those guys, and they had uh, evolved a little bit from just selling cheap gold necklaces. But they were both uh, Muslims, mm-hmm. and they're only t- two Muslims I knew available to me. This is in ninety eight, ninety nine. I'm still I'm like a junior or senior in high school, and. I would go because at that time I was studying. That's when I was starting to take philosophy and religion and stuff really seriously. I'm reading the uh, the Messianic Legacy, big life changing book for me. Wow! And I'm going out and I'm consulting with these guys because they read as a part of their culture. They can recite the Quran off the top of their head. And I would always, every time I had some kind of revelation or something, I'd run and talk to those guys. I can't remember the older of the two guys' name, but Alex was the younger one. I think he may have even stayed in Bowling and raised his family here, but. I was right out there and was talking about the 13th warrior and how they uh, portray the Mohammedan in this movie. And the older guy was probably maybe annoyed with me at that point. I was right out there every week, every weekend. You know, you're in the mall hanging out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, everyone's chasing girls, and I'm over here talking to this. Yeah. This this guy, this gold merchant about Islam and the history of that and tell him what I'm learning about Christianity and what I'm finding out is bullshit and what the real history is. And um, I was telling him how Banderas portrayed uh, a Mohammedan in that movie and how I thought it was cool and that they showed him in a good light or whatever. And they were showing the Norsemen or those northern guys, you know, in a in an interesting light as well. And he I can't remember the guy's name, but he he had told me. Like out of nowhere, he was like, "You don't, you don't have a dad, do you?" And I was like, "What? What?" I was like, "What? What does that got to do with anything?" And um, he just had realized that 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 kind of correspondence and bonding, I would be seeking it in other oh, in intellectual other authorities. Yeah. And he just recognized I was that kind of young man, so he'd start giving me pamphlets or here, read this book and that kind of stuff. All the books I still have, I still have it at my at my house now. And uh, that stuck with me. It didn't mean anything to me now, but I thought, what, what does that matter? What did he say that for? And he said, you know, we don't need anyone to tell us our history or to recite to us or to celebrate our perspectives for us. A man writes his own history, creates his own reality. And that's what we do. He's like, so yeah, that's cool. I didn't watch the movie. He said, it looked kind of stupid to me, but, but uh, I'm not going to be responding to the, their portrayal of, of Muslims in that movie positively like gleefully, it doesn't mean anything to me because I make my own. I just and I stuck with me, and so he was telling me about lineage and why they use the father to follow the lineage. I still can't explain it well, but it makes sense when you hear it because of the way the a women's biologically arranged. They can carry any number of seeds, but the man only carries his seed. Right? Mm. A woman that you can't know, especially if she's not completely forthcoming. Or if there's any kind of mix-up, you don't know who the dad is. You know, you might get lucky and he looks just like you. Mm-hmm. But he said, well, we did that. We did that in the old world uh, for that reason because you couldn't keep up with lineage if you went by the woman. Mm-hmm. She might have had three partners and, you know, six kids by them all, you know. Yeah. He was explaining that thing to me. And they have an equivalent quote in the Quran that reads that same way, uh, the sins of the father and why that's important. Really beautiful. Can't remember it. Yeah. But... At the same time, within maybe a year later, I'm absorbing Joseph Campbell, mm. and uh, he had brought up that dichotomy for different reasons. He was talking about vicarious redemption in the Bronze Age Near East and why they set it up like that, why life was a little rough. You know, you might be working a caravan or doing tours on the Silk Road or herding sheep, 
and commerce was simplified, but you may owe me 10 sheep and I can't get those sheep for another three or four years. You got to raise them up or something like that as part of some ongoing arrangement we had. And you'd get killed on by some raiders on the Silk Road. Yep. And I have to have a political mechanism to get what's owed to me from your family. So someone they had So you're next to your Yeah, someone had to redeem it. Somebody, like so yeah. that's <laughs> like part of one of the more practical bases for vicarious redemption. And you know, all of that a, that's a and I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's no. something that happens in the modern days with with like your parents' debts, a lot of times that'll get passed on to yes. next of kin kind of thing. Yes, which is why I bring it up. I just want to know like Vicarious I wanted redemption. to put out the associations that phrase has is for yep. me and where I learned it and why it stuck in my mm-hmm. head. And mm-hmm. that was that was a uh, a couple of them. Uh they had to have a mechanism for that to settle disputes or else, you know, the little local tribes and stuff would be warring mm-hmm. all the time. So they they take that vicarious redemption thing very seriously. And the the man carries it not because he's the strongest or some chauvinistic reason just because you can keep up with it by the dude's last name and i know what it was in the 13th warrior uh banderas explained to the guy how his names work you know how it's like osama bin laden or bin laden like son of or whatever that part he was explaining i was really excited because i just read that and understood it you know what i mean and um i ran out to the mall to talk about that that's what i was talking to the guy about so that's like two things that that single phrase kind of has associated in my yeah. head that that stuck with me for a long time. The other thing in the same part of my life was watching patterns of behavior or generational mishaps or failures mm-hmm. coming out of family members or brothers and sisters. We're like a bag of mixed peanuts in my house, so everyone's got different dads and all that old uh, corny shit. So um, I started to recognize that, man, there may be something to this. You may be able, you may have a hard time divorcing yourself from what you inherit behaviorally. There's got to be some connection there. I don't know. Or whatever's going on, we're missing it. I've seen uh, a young lady who I call my stepdaughter stand and sleep in the same posture as her parents. Like like a three-year-old kid and the way they curl up, you know, the way they... Yeah, fold their pillow and stuff like that. Something gets passed on, yep. and uh, and it's pretty nuanced, pretty subtle. Whatever it is that gets passed on, and I would have so many kids around me in the house growing up. I got to observe that kind of stuff. I got to see finally when this cousin who was raised like a brother, you know, just been in the house with me, started to act like his quote unquote no good dad or something, you know, across town. That I would hear my mom and auntie speaking about. I'm like, whoa, he, he's he's doing those things. He has that behavior, that yeah. that temperament, and those sensibilities. And I became increasingly concerned about that. What bullshit am I carrying, you know, mm. from my missing dad? And how can I uh, recognize it as early as possible and maybe do something about it? And uh, didn't have any, any tool set to do that with, but I made a I made a kind of a policy with my best friend at the time. Um, he's still my best friend, but we're like family. Um, we said, all right, we're just going to do the opposite of what every dude around us is doing. Huh. We're not going to have any kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not going to get anyone pregnant, and we're not going to like sell dope or something like that and go to jail for doing that. Mm-hmm. And we'll just do those few little things like the opposite and see what happens, yep. see what works out. And I still exercise that policy. But whenever I hear the phrase, the sins of our father, whatever, gets, man, I have observed it in so many different angles that we could talk about it on at least three or four different skews, you know, mm-hmm. 
that biological imperative skew that's really interesting to me, mm-hmm. something's there. Yep. And then the sociological one where, you know, habits and practices yeah. you see them right you you see them right happen right in front of yeah. you. That's that's it's a real loaded thing for me. It's why the topic's interesting. And and I think that there's another angle that we that we don't necessarily think of that's associated maybe with confirmation bias to a degree. Like, even if hypothetically the things that you're doing are not because of some ingrained biological imperative or the socialization process, it may very well just be Mm -hmm. serendipity to some degree. But if somebody else has that negative association regarding your father... Yep. When you exhibit anything mm-hmm. that's even remotely negative, they lumped, see if they can come. Yeah, they, they want to lump you in and make attributions about you because yeah. of that as well. So it's it's almost it's a, it's a cross to bear to a degree, even devoid of yes. the biological and social sociological yes. elements yes. of your own socialization. Yeah. Yes. The third party outside mm-hmm. yeah. the I've way they impose that, that shit. I've witnessed that too. And I'll tell you this thing too. I think Another thing that plays in the factor here is like any sort of traumas. So if you think of people like you think of someone, uh, two parents, one of them cheats on the other. Right. Uh, and then say, say the dad cheats on the mom or something like that. He's in, instantly the mom can have a mindset of don't trust men. Men aren't shit. Anything like that. Oh, yeah. The same thing can get passed on to their to their oh, daughters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then anything that you do as a man you get lumped in with someone who did some kind of harm. And so when you're talking about sure. bearing a cross, there are times where you're having to bear a cross that you did not even intend to be to be buried oh, yeah. for right. someone else. Yeah, that's yet another skew that I have witnessed in, yeah. in a sibling, different but, father, yes. and, and got really kind of antagonized based on the personality traits that he exhibited when he yes. was little that, you know, reminded my mom, who was young and crazy, so to take of this his on, father. So to take this on a macro level, when we talk about something like race, mm-hmm. how do we, how can, I find it hard to not empathize with white people when they ask that question, why am I being, why am I having to bear this oh, cross? Oh, okay. Well, we can, we, and if, I, and like, if we go down that. I can, like, I, I understand yeah. like both sides, you know what I'm sure, saying? Sure, sure. But it's like. Why is it that that is a recurring theme that ha- that that they say? Like, I didn't do this. I'm not like this. Just mm-hmm. as early as yesterday, someone said this to me. Oh, you mean, what, what are you interested in? I'd, I'd like to treat it if, if you're posing it. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'd like, um, yeah, I'm asking, like. Uh, are you saying what, what um, prompts them to say that? Yes. Or why do you hear it all the time? What prompts them to say that? Oh, uh, well, I don't, I don't know if it's anything more than the normal human tendency to kind of you know, avoid guilt, and you know we do a lot of stuff that's that's based out of that impulse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and and on a one to one, you're like, they have a a point again, air quotes on the one to one. Like, you know, I didn't own slaves. Nobody I knew owned slaves. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. But I think the most fundamental element is making the acknowledgement that there, it is in a level playing field. Yes. I think is really where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's I and I 100% agree with that is is acknowledging that the the playing field is not level. Mm-hmm. But how how much of the responsibility should they have to bear? See, that's that's a little bit more in the direction of what I'm interested in. Uh not to go too far off, but I'm no. interested in that that next meta 
double meta part of the conversation. Uh, I, I don't mind the, with the playing field's not level. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. I wouldn't change anything. I like being where I'm at, racially and all that stuff. Yeah. Everybody's gotten their ass kicked in history, mm-hmm. well, and maybe my people were very recent. What I'm curious about is what I thought you were saying initially, and perhaps it was, it was couched in what you said. Why does, it, why does it not go away? Yes. Is, is it superstitious of me to find meaning in the fact that it will not go away? There's something unresolved there. So there's an extra element. There's another dimension to human interaction that we're not giving enough energy to. Mm. And to, to put it simply, I think it's just our fact that anything... Any idea or, or system of thought or series of behaviors that disconnects us from the ultimate reality that we're one organism, mm-hmm. anything like that is going to have the same effect on us at that super meta, meta macro level in, in society that eating bad food does to your body. Mm-hmm. Right or ignoring, like I said before, yep. like a toe that's got gangrene. It'll eventually kill you. You don't need the toe. Yeah. You could chop it off. But um, it'll eventually kill you. I think that's why it keeps making its way back around. It's like it won't go away because there's a couple of fundamental things that are being uh, very well suppressed in that whole lack of treatment of the racism history stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And ma- mainly it's that because you, we are one organism, there's only one human family, and we've got all this unique sort of capacities, if you will. We've got some unique uh, responsibilities too mm. and it doesn't work for us to drop down from level 10 to level 8 and just handle things at a primate level mm-hmm. a sophisticated primate level it doesn't work for us and I think it's as long as you're willing to do that and uh, forfeit your level 10 humanity whatever those traits and properties are that give us that extra thing I've mentioned before on the po- podcast yeah. that make us human in my opinion and it's something like compassion if okay. you're if you're le- if you're gonna give that up, it doesn't matter what the content is. It doesn't matter that it happens to be racism, where one group of people found a really good way to take advantage of another group of people. I could speak about it on that level, but it doesn't even matter what the history is. You you can't get around it because you did it to yourself. If you shoot yourself in the stomach, you can't go to another state, and then a stomach injury is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So the failure. In the, in the, from the perspective of race is a lack of realizing that you're, you're the same thing. You're one organism. So what you're doing when you're trying to avoid the guilt, what you should do is the right impulse of the sins of your father. What you're actually doing is ignoring a part of your same biology. It's like ignoring your hand yeah. and it's got a problem. See mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But because those superficial factors, skin color or whatever, are so easy to work on at the primate level, it's easy to maintain that superstitious divide which really isn't there. So I think it, it's so, why but, it won't go away. And, and honestly, one of the most unifying forces is shared trauma. Like a yes. community sharing trauma, whether yeah. it be yeah. Uh, yeah. a ethnic Suffering group, is the one a, thing that binds us A all. racial group, yeah. a religion, uh, people that were deployed together. If you experience oh, yeah. trauma as a community of any kind, that facilitates a greater degree of group identity and a group, oh, yeah. group identification, yeah. which has its... Case in point nine eleven. Well, And it has its benefits mm-hmm. for survival. But yeah. in the absence of yeah. real issues, it's a human... It, it, it's kind of in human nature for us to invent them if we don't have real problems. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in the absence of stressors 
that yeah. that shared trauma might coincide with otherwise, that group identification or that group identity in many ways may just serve as a division between that subset of humanity and the rest of humanity. And it's not yeah. mutually exclusive. It does ser- yeah. serve that purpose of if you're a sub subjugated group that you look to others that are like you, that you can trust. Mm-hmm. It, it serves that purpose, but we would be remiss if we asserted that it didn't potentially have negative components that kind of have reciprocity with the way society kind of treats those subjugated groups already. Sure. Sure. And, and I just want to say, like we were talking about, uh, you know, white people saying, uh, well, why do I have to, you know, Mm -hmm. atone for this? Cause I didn't participate in it. I will say, um, that kind of rationale I, I have difficulty with, unless somebody genuinely is looking for an answer instead of a way out. You know, if they it's present hard to it, figure out what what their intent. That that's true, and and if if we give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're they're looking for an answer, uh, I got some truck with that. But I think a lot of times people just I, want psh- their their views reinforced, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right, that's right. That's that that's the first level that they're operating. And I didn't have a good way of saying it, but yeah, when people are avoiding the immediate feeling of guilt, I don't think it's any more anything more than that. And uh, and, and I yeah. and, and on top of that, like. And maybe I'm the only one here. I don't like a white apologist either. White yeah, apologist, I mother. Don't yeah, I don't yeah. care. It, for it, it's lightweight, off-putting. Like Talcum yeah. X. I don't need it. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. It's it's lightweight, off-putting. Yeah. It's. I think fundamentally, it's the acknowledgement. I think across the board, making the well, acknowledgement, and you know, we were talk, we always talk about being a fixer, mm-hmm. bruh. That translates here too. You ain't gotta fix the shit, just acknowledge it. it, it it's I don't know why, but that acknowledgement is so powerful and yeah. so useless. I, I I say that a lot when I have to treat this uh, this issue at work. I did it with uh, with my manager, and um, I'm not saying this for any other reason, but he got pretty emotional about it because if you want to get serious, I don't think the math is that hard to do. When someone's asking, "What do I owe?" or "Why should I care?" You can, you can run a reductio right there on the spot. You don't even have to pull out your phone to do it. You are less than four or five generations uh, uh, removed from a big head start yeah. that I can calculate, you know, mm-hmm. that someone like me created for you. And do you benefit from that? Nah, okay then. Uh, I'll use the, the manager as an example. Then let's take away that free farm you got in middle America during that land grab. Let's take it away. Now where are you at? Yeah. You got mm-hmm. your first son that's about to go. This is when he start crying. You got your first son that's about to go to college. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He's German, and German didn't do any, didn't do anything. They came over here with Ellis Island like other mm-hmm. people and got got in the party, got in the race. But the baseline that of I don't I'm not going to use that word, but the baseline of privilege that, that they're able to get. Well, it's you can calculate it if you really want to. Mm-hmm. And now you now ask, do you own anything for that? No, cool. I, I agree. I wouldn't want you to pay it back either. What if we said we remove that head start then? Mm. And we said back, would you be agreeable with that? Nah, I don't want to do that either. That means war. I'm not giving up what I already got. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. What if we said then we will use our big brains instead of making cards and send them to the moon and stupid shit like that? We'll use some good math to calculate the amount of excess that's produced and tax it, like I said before, to see if we can correct mm. the uh, 
what was done wrong in the past to remove it from the the history the way South um, South Africa did it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So acknowledgement is pretty much and, all truth it, and reconciliation. All it, yeah, yeah all, all, all it took. I think we could do even better than that. But um, to people who say that. I have, that's what I have to say. They're, they're not, they, I understand you want to avoid guilt and I always let people off the hook. I always give them a route to, you know, get out of that. I don't like beating people up with like a white guilt thing. I don't think that's any, but if you want to get serious about it, then I, usually they can't talk past, you know, just, I don't want to feel this way right now. You know, most people usually don't have the energy to deal with it beyond that. And I don't think it's their responsibility either. I don't think no. uh, that, that people who fit, who are on the other side and think they are owed something, I don't think they know how unsatisfied they would be mm. if, if they got, for the same reason, because every utterance or every idea they have about what uh, repair would look like, it's just as superficial, you know? It's just as as top level they haven't really given it any real thought you know hmm. i will i would want more than a million dollar check i would want honest history if i could somehow that's know tough. if that's i could somehow tough. know what yeah. i don't know uh bringing it back to what we started on like who my dad is and who my dad's dad was and all of that stuff because i'm not sure who my father is if i could know that i'd trade that for everything i, I can deal with the history. that's something there as as a first generation American, as, as yeah. a Nigerian, yeah. that I am, I don't care. A, I don't care about a reparation. Yeah, honestly, because yeah. I, again, because you first ain't generation, really entitled. I'm not, to I'm not, shit, I'm not entitled to it. But I, what I would want more than that, if I was entitled to it, right? Air quotes. I just want to know where I came from. Yeah. That's, that's it. What I, that's yeah. what I would, I would just want to know where Being my name is. And I want to know because there's so many people in here that you they have so much shit just because of their name. Yeah. Just because of their name. Yeah. And so it, it it this was this sparks another conversation I was literally having with myself while driving the other day of what is the American dream, right? And the American dream in my opinion is to be inside of a cycle. A cycle where when you when you live and die the people that come after you are part of this cycle as well now they are they can get your land your all this other stuff all you know what i'm saying you're all the baton yes off. you're handing the baton off that is something that african americans do not get they they just didn't get and i think well, that if you and, got and, and, like they get they it's there now and there's but, active bids to prevent it from accumulating yes. too and there always has yeah, been like are. like jim crow yeah, era shit. Like yeah, all this that stuff. stuff yeah. Well, and what is it? The Freeman's Bank that was put into place after emancipation. The Freeman's Bank mm-hmm. was supposedly a safe place, and I think they recruited Frederick Douglass as like the face of this shit. Mm-hmm. And the Freeman's Bank was supposedly a safe place for African Americans to store what money they had accumulated. Really? Well, what ended up happening is that that bank went to fuck under and millions of dollars got lost of all this money that had been accumulated and stored there by the Afri- the emancipated African Americans. Hmm. Yeah. So they had to start from fucking square one again. again. Yeah. And then you had Black Wall Street. Yeah. Square if one. If active bids are, are, were made, are there any residual beneficial effects or negative effects for those being a- attacked? From the active bids, or are there any continued active bids? Do you guys think there are? Are there any continued um, deliberate measures and efforts to exploit black fathers? I think I think a lot of that might come in the penal system. Yeah. Um, I think that's one thing. Um, 
outside of that, I don't know mm-hmm. where else. Okay, well, so then, so then, bring it, bring it back to the sins of our fathers. Then, uh, penal system. That's enough. We'll go with that. Are there any side effects, residual ripples from that measure that we can clearly see without doing any heavy thinking? Yes. Yeah. Then is that reason enough to address for people who are have nothing to do with mm-hmm. bringing African yeah. families over here to work yeah. as slaves? People who have nothing to do with that. What, can they address the issue who of why don't is it so... Want, who don't want yeah. uh, Chief Keith to break in that car and steal their <laughs> He's debt. A chief, chief. Well, is I, there is there any connection there? Well, yeah. I, I think there's an illusion that we're 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 fed that here in the United States because that's all we can really attest to, right? Yeah. Um, we're fed a subtle idea of resource scarcity. Scarcity. Yeah. And that shit is fundamentally yeah. not the motherfucking case. Nah, I don't we believe throw in resource out, scarcity. Yeah. Think about how much yeah. food gets thrown out. All sorts of food. Yeah. And and I don't know what the numbers they are. They literally but it's have a grocery sig- stores for shit that's expired. Well, and bro, it's the, yeah. even like meat that yeah. is just slightly like a day past its prime, it's got to get yeah. tossed, man. Tossed. And, and, yeah. and if you think about just the, the profound waste in uh-huh. our society, the way it's set uh-huh. up, the paradigm that we utilize, it's just burned through it and on to the next one. I think that that illusion, the illusion of resource scarcity, uh-huh. and also the illusion of a level playing field and unlimited upward mobility facilitate all this lack of empathy and infighting between groups that really mm-hmm. have shared a similar plight. Because if you look at to a degree, subjugated whites throughout history, mm-hmm. they it ain't like they was owning slaves. They was getting shit on, and they may have actively campaigned. They might have been like some servants or well, something and, like that. Or well, and their, their one thing, they were yeah. like, well, at least I ain't black. Like, that, that's, that's historically their, thing, their yeah. fucking yeah. thing. And the reason, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. And, I and but, but my point, to, to that end, my point is, with those illusions that are put in place, and people that you'll talk to that are otherwise empathetic, nice people, really, if you look at their politics, they believe in social Darwinism to some degree. I think we all believe, everybody in this room believes in social Darwinism mm-hmm. to some degree. Sink or swim on your own accord. The illusion is is that we can't have both, that we can't have cooperation for those who want cooperation and a more socialistic right. paradigm, and right. we can have an arena you can mm-hmm. step into the free market arena yep. and, and get in on that that's, competition that's right. as well. But yeah. it's the illusion that you can't have fucking both in this that's country. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. And, and it's the infighting mm-hmm. that keeps it going. And yes. I mean, it, there's just this enormous reciprocity between per- perpetuating that fucking machine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that illusion is is real. I do also believe that an illusion is born out of a delusion in the in the fundamental mind of the culture or to say the fundamental mentality that gave birth to the ideas that make up our culture and that delusion comes from as i said in the past a malady in the psychology of a subset of the human family that's why when that malady is given room to grow and become an idea like america Mm -hmm. and it's protracted the fallacy in that psychology is still evident at the Mm -hmm. surface at the sociological surface right Somebody's got to be suffering for me to not be suffering. Frame of for reference. It's, it's a frame of reference. I, I think so. Yeah. Because to your point, uh, Chris, the question becomes: All right, why why haven't we done away with this? Then, if scarcity is not 
a reality. I think it's not. We've got more than enough t- technology to take care of everyone. Why do we... I, you hear it said every time this conversation comes up. People are saying it about robotics right now. Well, people got to have something to do. No, the fuck they don't. I think yeah. that is a particular small group of the human family that has that broken perspective, that there has to be a certain degree of struggle and strife to validate what you accomplish because we all have I mean, to but and that's an, and, and it's particu- And it's a particularly American viewpoint to to think like you right. know struggle is what makes an individual and don't get me wrong right i think we can all attest to the merit of our past struggles making us more powerful individuals across yeah. the board yeah. more capable individuals but i think when somebody can't and i harp on this shit mm-hmm. all the time when somebody doesn't know how they gonna keep the lights on? How they gonna feed themselves or their kids? Yeah. How they gonna get to work when they when there's this laundry list of fucking questions between getting off work that night and showing up to work the next day? How in the fuck can you focus on making progress as a human being? You're maintaining yeah. it best, yeah. And you raise it. You you don't pass anything on except the notion of the struggle and the idea of maintaining, and it yep. keeps this these people. That's heavy Liv- as hell, li- man. Living fucking paycheck to well, paycheck, that, depending say, on the system's teat. That's right. I, I take. I'm stealing this from another uh, contemporary philosopher, but our culture, air quotes, is not a culture at all. I think it's just a really Which sophisticated culture? black culture. Okay. Are those people who, yeah, who who we're referring to when someone says to you, "Why do I have to pay for what mm-hmm. my ancestors did?" It's a it's a coping mechanism, a really sophisticated one, and that's what we're passing on. Mm-hmm. We don't have an authentic, you know, manifest destiny. That yep. We haven't had a chance to do that yet. That's one of the things that what would that we look lost. like? What would it look like? Oh man, that's super industri- That's super super interesting. I know what it wouldn't look like. It would not look like industrialism. No. I don't believe so either. Somehow I know that it wouldn't look like that. I think MacBook. It, would, it would come more from from the soul. It, it would. It, it just, would. I think yeah. we've. I think we've had our time, and there's not a lot of history books that are popular to attest to. But I think we had our time. I think mm-hmm. we've seen we've seen a golden age of that particular pronounced trait of the human family. You know, the sub-Saharan African and what it would do at its peak. You know, really sophisticated expressions of spirituality and artisticness, but no real need to industrialize and get sophisticated in technology because we don't have a resource problem. Yeah, that and we thank you have for a, saying we don't that. Have like, a resource, resource problem, problem so. was the one thing that, yeah. that made people not have to yeah. worry about that Yeah, and that's why it's so interesting, shit. the spell, if you will, that was done on uh, my ancestors because it's so, it's such... I like that you worded it like that. It's this. the right thing to do. It's the exact hmm. right spell. Like in Warcraft, you know, hmm. when you've got... In any RPG, when you've got that polarity, you know what I mean? You know, you got you got modifiers for fire, and you got four guys in the raid. I'm going to go after the ice guy. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to do the most damage to the ice guy. It's really interesting to me that how we were deliberately broken at the level of our very sophisticated tech, uh, um, cultural expressions and our diet taken away and our memory 
taken away and our values inverted mm. on on a plantation. I think it's a really good number. You know what I mean? It was a it, it was it was a really good combo for for uh, our people because it's exactly the inverse of what our our fundamental values are. Describe that part about our having our values inverted. I have a feeling that we're on the same page. But okay, you remember? Have you ever looked at any of those really dope? Uh, Hairstyle books, mm-hmm. you you'll see them in black salons. Yeah, and things, I've seen. Yeah, where they go back in history and show the wild, mm-hmm. crazy hairstyles that we would have some tribal shit, yep. some way of identifying you were whatever. And you know what they did? Mm-hmm. You know the way they had to treat your hair when you came out. They didn't want that kind of distinction to happen. They were thinking commercially, whatever's better to maintain this huge group of people. But they saw that it was effective to mix people up, right? Or conf- uh, warring tra- tribes mix mm-hmm. them up, right? And so we all go to be servants on this particular commercial effort. And controlling us becomes e- easier if we can't communicate that well. Mm. But not only that, they figured out by observing us, uh, white people, if you will, figured out by observing us, like how to push our buttons, how to how to manufacture the Negro that you wanted. They got really good at it, and the shit worked. And this works for all biology. It mm-hmm. works for humans. It works for Pavlov's dogs, dogs or Skinner's. Yes. Uh, what's his face? What does Skinner have? Rats. Rats. Skinner. It works. We're not we're not above that at the biology level. They just f- learned how to program at that level. You know what I mean? You know how they did the whole alpha male and the second alpha male thing, and they make them fight that old mess. That's what I mean by that. They took they took our values and like inverted them. When Dave Chappelle was talking about that uh, that pimp shit mm-hmm. that the guy did where he hurt someone really really bad, and after you do that, when you're beating someone, we see this in prison, you're beating someone and you take away level ten and level nine and level eight of their humanity. You get them down to it, and it's real easy. All it takes is pain. I was gonna say earlier, this is why also why trauma. Brings you together. together. But when you take that away, all you got to do is give them a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. And now to get the fact that you brought them from 7 back up to 8.5, you've got their mind just like that. Because we lose our minds very quickly under immense pressure as, as human beings. We, we lose what I think is our humanity. And now you're just dealing with a real sophisticated primate. And if you take away the primate's physical ability to take care of itself now you're just dealing with a really simple lizard you're dealing with anything like those rats or those dogs that those uh so those psychologists were talking about I, and I, you can program a person very easily i don't way. even think so much it's taking away their and this is i don't want to call it cherry picking but it's not even so much about taking away their physical ability to protect themselves mm-hmm. it's it's redirecting it and saying, "Hey, you're protected." Just giving, having them feel safe, and then redirecting that physical. Well, that, that, that's to that's a step different. later for me. Yeah, have y'all, okay. yeah, have y'all seen pimps up, hose down? Uh-uh. That HBO no. one from yeah. a long time we were, ago. Dude was talking about how to run game on yeah. hose, and yeah. he was essentially saying you break them all yep. the way down, yep. and then build them back up. Oh yeah, and, and it is. It's it's this constant yeah. bombardment of stripping a woman of her humanity mm-hmm. so that you can kind of remake her to think that you're a vector of safety yep. and organization yeah. and comfort can and you all imagine that's something mm-hmm. that women are living with every day yeah women deal with that shit they deal with that all shit the time. all the time but and if you think about the military yep. in order to function as a unified like one force instead yep. of a bunch of individuals running around like chickens with their head cut off Again, it's this 
stripping them down. Hell week. Mm-hmm. Is that what it yep. is? You strip them down to the most basal levels, like Mark was saying. Yep. The the medulla oblongata type shit mm-hmm. to where yeah. you're not thinking, you're responding. You're yeah, reacting. You're responding. Yeah. It's muscle memory. It becomes yeah. muscle memory at that point, and it reinforces, it bypasses all this human thinking and skips right to mm-hmm. the uh, cause and effect, like I'm going to do this in order to keep the food coming in mm-hmm. or yeah. keep the roof over my head. Yeah. And that translates not only to you know, we're talking about conventional slavery. It translates to modern day the conditions right. that we accept as normative. Yeah. So one or of the, take for granted, or one, fucking take for sure, granted. Sure, sure. The thing that I want to to ask is is the would you say that the the way for us to uh, do my air quotes fix this problem, whether it be racial inequality or if it's gender inequality or something like that, is the source of all this is the source of the fix come down to acknowledgement is that kind of what it is it depends on which level you address it at okay we we've had this spell at several levels at mm-hmm. least the first three right mm-hmm. what you do is just like in programming or let me give a metaphor that maybe everyone in the audience will understand mm. you take whichever new measure or element whichever consideration is unique to the next level up and you let go of it? No, you you supply it. Here's what I mean. Okay. What does a primate not have? What what do primates not have? The best one in the jungle, the really smart ones, like I don't know, the apes or something, the silverbacks. What I don't do know. they not have? Bonobos, maybe. One of those really super Yeah. Why aren't they taking one more step and getting real sophisticated about what they're what they're doing, right? I th- I think the reason they don't take that extra step mm-hmm. is because of resources. Resources, yeah. okay. I or think that workers. I think that in their in their framework or whatever, there isn't. But they're not starving to death. That's why. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's there's in my opinion, and I could be wrong, an abundance of resources for them to, well, to eat on and stay at that level. You're right, mm-hmm. and and I would say if you if you break it down to even more rudimentary level, if you look at if you say, why don't uh, paramecium, like uh, protozoa, mm-hmm. why, why don't uh, par- paramecium make the next jump? Why don't they do it? If it works, like if it feels like it's working, there's mm-hmm. no need. Oh, like, that's a really good point. Right. That's and a big saying. brain, especially yeah. something like a big brain, that is yeah. one of the most energy expensive things on the planet. Yes. So if you're getting what you need yes. without that big ass brain, right. That's right. you maintain that shit. Because yes. we like to think as human beings that evolution is linear, that every every other species is working towards right. the same degree of sentience that right. we have. But cockroaches had that shit figured out and they're going to be here that's, after we that's are. That's right. That's okay, right. so on that same mentality, how what do what do black people and what do women and all that kind of stuff well, need to take well, that jump? Well, well, I'll go back to what I was saying and try to do a better job and maybe not make it so abstract. What are they missing? If you can't observe and acknowledge it, you don't stand a chance at treating the sure. topic. Look at what they're. What are they saying they're missing? What they're are they saying, saying they're missing? They're, everyone is saying they're they're missing equality. Mm-hmm. There's you know women are saying yeah. they're missing equal pay. Yeah. Uh, black people are saying they're missing like fair treatment by police by all these other things. Fair That's opportunities. Right. That's right. There is a reality that we're pr- participating in that is a, a marvelous protraction of one type of person's ideas, right? And that's it. So look, let me just jump to it. T- 
take a state and isolate it and say, all right, here's our science experiment. We're going to fix this thing once and for all. Get it as close to the equator as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't want you guys to beat me up on, on that metaphysical shit, but it's important that we're as close to the equator as possible. We need that spectrum of sunlight. Yeah. We don't need to be up in Canada somewhere. Get us in an in a area in Texas and run the experiment there. All right, black people are who run this town. Black people are everything. They're the police. They're the judge. They're, and we're going to run an experiment and the schools there and the universities there to correct the psychology, to see if we can deliberately correct the psychology of the African-American people. Only African-American people are, are allowed to go. Best candidates are dudes who don't know who their dad are, whose yeah. last name is Johnson and Carpenter yeah. and Smith and shit like that. That's who's going to school. We're going to run, uh, run an experiment, use a little bit. It wouldn't take a dime of our tax dollars to do this. We're going to run a little experiment. We'll do, like I said before, tax the industry mm-hmm. that that broken community uh, uh, creates, the music industry. Mm-hmm. We're going to tax crappy music and make this specialized school in this specialized city in this specialized county in Texas, way down there where it stays hot at, mm-hmm. and there's never any winter. And we're going to put in what the society says is missing just for the sake of experiment and watch what happens. You think it'll get fixed? It won't take one generation. Yeah, it, you start. It, you start with the. Would. You start with the one year old. You start with the newborn. I mean, straight out of the hood in Cabrini Green projects. Yeah, and, and and all the inherited stuff we've talked about, and put them in that science experiment, and you will have uh, an adult in no time that has no idea what the heck I'm talking about right now. Mm. That feels nothing's been done to him. Feels nothing's wrong. Because that's how easy humans are to program. Yeah. It just so happens that we are worth so much money yeah. that those institutions had to morph into other money-making institutions like the penal system. Mm-hmm. And we just steal somebody's means of making money. And what's going on right now, interestingly enough, is black people in sp- particular are no longer needed for America to, to get that exorbitant so they're like, how else can the, these individuals be useful? This well, subset well, of the well, population. Well, not even that. They're just like, nah, we don't have any representation. We don't even represent a, a expectation of economic output like we used to, right? Because mm. prisons ain't enough. They're all fooled up. They don't generate that kind of guap that we want nowadays. We're trying to go popularize Mars. We do that with immigrant labor now. You know what I mean? And technology's caught up enough. We don't, we're, black people aren't needed that way. So what you're getting that looks like uh, neglect or benign neglect, as it was called, mm-hmm. <laughs> is simply evolving industries, evolving commercial models that no longer depend uh, uh, explicitly on the labor of African-American people. And so the first measure to correct it would be just that. Find out at level eight what is missing. Well, what's missing is my memory of myself. We don't know if it's for superstitious reasons or not, but we know enough of it fucking matters. I know I'm missing it, mm-hmm. and you're not, so let's start there. What's it going to hurt? All right, everyone who doesn't have a traditional African last name at middle school, you got to process. It's just like going to get a driver's license. You Damn. drop the last name. That it's gone. Be... It's Ooh. gone. When you become double digits like a yeah. young man, your last names go because we don't know if it's hurting you or not, but we know it's surely not helping. We know that it's reinforcing the fact of your loss of identity. And there's not a human being on the planet that would say, oh, I don't mind not knowing who I am. So we'll start there. It'll mm. cost us nothing. Yeah. Right? Everyone who's got a last name like mine, yeah. which means I was owned by some mm-hmm. 
half German, half Dutch immigrants that wanted to run a farm a few mm-hmm. counties over. So they changed their last name to Carpenter so they could hide from persecution when their last name was Zimmerman. Because hmm. they mean the same thing. Because at, at that point in time, you didn't want to be a Zimmerman either. So yeah. we just pick one of those generic European occupational names. We'll get off the boat on the East Coast. We'll migrate into the lands until we run to somewhere not contested. On the way, we'll buy as many black people as we can, and we run a farm. That was, was like flipping a house back then. That was the way to wealth was slave labor, right? Mm-hmm. Not all of them were super-duper, highly commercial Billions of tons cotton outputting plantations that were cruel. You know, mm-hmm. some of them were like the people that own my people. Said, all right, now let's all let's go make it happen. I'm white, so I get to go by you. But you know, when you get, when we get on our feet, we all go sep- our separate ways, and we did just that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can trace my people back to some people named Zimmerman a few counties over that owned a huge farm and about sixty people, and they just was doing farming. You know, that's what you did back then. And then everyone, when everyone got on their feet. Like, everyone just went their separate ways, right? Mm-hmm. But boy, you don't know who the hell you are. you just going from the East Coast into the inland of Kentucky God, and buying people <laughs> on the way, you know, yeah. with, with that, you know, with that sort of westward bound dream. Yeah. All right, so I don't know my identity. Give, give me that back or give me half of that back or take away the false identity, right? I don't need it. Yeah. I'll choose my own name. Yeah. Start okay. with that. That's one measure. Well, and, and I will say one thing, like, if you look at American society, a lot of it mirrors what we would take for granted as Eurocentric. Everything is very Eurocentric. Like, if you look at, if motherfuckers are looking at a job application, yeah. and the name is very conventionally African or very conventionally African American yeah. versus something relatively yeah. innocuous, yeah. Yeah. they pass judgment on that shit. Yeah. I mean, there's an entire... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That happens. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing is, in the absence of all these interceding variables, which are, they're too numerous to count, like, even if we were to sit down and try and isolate all of them... We couldn't see the forest for the trees on this shit. That's right. But it, it, like he was saying, if you were to create a community that's devoid of this third-party exploitation, these human beings within one generation will organize. It would take it fucking no figured out. Yeah, I see it happen by accident. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it it was especially take any in the time. information age. Yeah, absolutely. It, w- it wouldn't it wouldn't but, take any time. But think about how big of a deficit it was. Being stripped of your identity now is not the same as being stripped of your identity two hundred years ago or a hundred years ago. Because think about what gets lost when you're mm-hmm. stripped of those elders that held all that information yeah. that came before you. Yeah. That's gone. There's yeah. no way to get that shit back. Yeah. In this day and age, we can pretty much take on and adopt this globalistic viewpoint when it comes to consuming information. Not everything has to be handed down from generation to generation. Yeah. So now we can remedy that shit. But if you were to do that, again, 100 years ago, if you was to strip people of their identity and throw them into that paradigm, they're going to have a more difficult time than they would today. Mm-hmm. Because it was such an imperative thing back then that you had these older people in the community that held this knowledge. Yeah. And that solidarity. Yeah. And then even if if you think about the the family structure was completely stripped bare with African-Americans as well. Like it wasn't, oh, you get to pair off and marry who you want and and, and reproduce with who you want. It was breeding. It was. It was. Oh, yeah. uh, Eugenics. It it, it was all sorts of shit. There were certain individuals that the slave master was like, this motherfucker's passing his genetics on to as many ladies as possible. 
Okay, so even with that, so I know we've talked heavily on on race, and I want us to continue that too. I want to include other people in the conversation. So when I was saying, uh, when I was referring to women uh, a while back, you know, how were they stripped of their identity? I feel like they've always been that's, stripped of their well, identity from from day one. Well, mm. women women historically, especially the more the more oppressive the environment, uh, the closer women are to possessions. Yeah, pets. You know, best case scenario, like a pet. And if you look at, uh, you know, is it is it Iran that women can't drive? Like they used no, to be they, able to drive. They, Oh yeah, it was and, Iran where they they were able to. Yeah, like during the, the fifties in Iran. Like, yeah, when Ayatollah Khomeini took over. Right, when then Khome- they were like going backwards. All right. Yeah, so you can't you can't drive in Iran. Yeah, that's stripping an individual of a profound element of their humanity and personal utility mm-hmm. in a modern society, in a society that's mm-hmm. contingent upon you getting from point A to point B in an automobile. That's that's just one example. Let's let's bring it in America. Okay, in in the United States of America, if you look at the 1950s, the 1950s was viewed. It's called the golden era, mm-hmm. right? 1950s golden I era in remember. the United States, Can generally up, speaking, it's romanticized like a motherfucker. But what a lot of people don't understand is that the 1950s were rife with enormous amounts of racism, persecution, of uh, substance abuse spouse abuse child abuse and it was behind closed doors and it was this and that's why people have such a problem with the idea of make america great again because the closest thing that they're trying to reference is the golden era of the united states Mm -hmm. right and the golden era of the united states put personal utility in the hands of the head of household as a male Mm. a white male head of household that's what it meant in the 1950s to be dog daddy was to be a white male head of household. So a woman was supposed to have the house clean, have dinner cooked, and put out when you got yeah. home. Tell me, even even if, you know, and motherfuckers will say, well, you know, I work all day and I give her whatever she wants. Again, best case scenario, it's, it's still a a glorified pet, man. It's a pet. That's well, a glorified yeah. I would pet. Say, I would say to, yeah, I would say to women today, mm-hmm. modern women in America, if they want to address this issue, to do what I, what I, perhaps poorly communicated earlier. Find out what utility you have at the next level and use that as your weapon. So I'm a, let's say let's, I'm a woman. Let's dig deeper into the next level. All what right. is the next it's, level? It's hard. It's hard for me to explain. The next level of humanity, if you will. Mm-hmm. I've said before, I think of it just for fun, like a 10-scale a model, like the mm-hmm. OSI model, yeah. right? And the further you go up, the more uh, potent the values are at that level but the harder they are to describe physically you know mm-hmm. they, it gets a little bit more i don't know ethereal. so would you say just an just an operational level like a, a level of utility to bring it onto an individual level like yeah you're saying getting yourself to this i guess a higher level of yourself where you're humanized no, by other people correct no, no 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 i'm saying this let's say i'm a woman and i'm sitting in a boardroom and i think i'm not paid enough right mm-hmm all you have to do is get serious about it. Now, if, you, if you're if you very, very serious about it, aren't you going to find and take out and carve out time to really look at it and make sure that you've got a good argument? Mm-hmm. You might find out that all the work's been done for you already. We've done the research and we know what it is. It turns out that you just really aren't willing to do what I'm willing to do. Mm-hmm. So there's not that much of a pay gap disparity. It's just that dudes do crazy stuff. 
grows an eye. Okay, then. And that, why and that is, is in the numbers. That is yeah, a legit yeah, that is, quantifiable so, phenomenon. So well, I'm, going, I'm going through it right like, now with yeah. my, my whole family. I'm, I got this house, and everyone's like, they see it totally different from me. I'm like, all I'm thinking about is flipping this motherfucker. Yeah. All I'm thinking about is winning. I'm playing yeah. this crazy cosmopolitan game right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing the Nashville show. It, I don't think anything about the love of family and barbecue. And, I ain't thinking nothing about that. All I'm thinking is, hmm, can I win at this? Because dudes are crazy like that. And I'm not even one of those types. You know, I'm not even climbing Mount Everest. So first, find out if your value... This applies to black people too. Find out if your value systems actually aligns with what you think you want. First. Yes. Then you'll start to see, oh, well, why am I carrying on like this? What black people will have to reconcile, what's hard is our value systems don't align in a way. If we were left to our own devices and uninterrupted and not didn't have the recent history we have. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't end up right there. I'm pointing to the MacBook. Mm-hmm. That thing is awesome. It doesn't align with the values we have, which will protract to a sophisticated enough level to have that physical expression, right? Yeah. The expression of, t- the, the idea of scarcity of resources, taking resources, reforming resources to make a better tool, which multiplies my effort, is not uniquely European, but it's pronounced yeah. in the European expression. And you end up with that thing. Mm-hmm. The ideas that we have of that I'm one with you and everything else in the universe, and I want to celebrate that uh, 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 entirely, it, creates it, jazz and hip hop and yeah. gospel. It's hard and to the fit pyramids, a they into steal. That it's why they're still trying to like figure out how the pyramids are built. Because yeah. it ain't white boy thinking. Yeah. It ain't still that complicated. It's just why not ask the people that actually built them? They're still around. Yeah. In West Africa. You know what I'm saying? No, it's the aliens. So, so, so <laughs> that's nah, what it white is. Doing yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got to be that. It was Kang's with the A. It was Kang's. It was Kang's. You know, I, I love when people do that to me on yeah. YouTube. It's so fucking funny and I can't beat them <laughs> when, when they when they pull that out. So what I would do if I was a lady is first find out what is it I'm wanting. And this goes across the board with all the like representation arguments we're having right now. Mm-hmm. What you see is because of what I'm willing to do, the celebration of my value system is at the forefront. And it looks like because of the information age, that you want equal representation in that. Mm-hmm. And it's it won't work because you're actually not, there's not enough of you willing to do what I'm doing. The average dude, like Serena Williams said, yeah. she was like, the, the guy ranked 200th mm-hmm. in the men's division would beat me. Yeah, And all the women were up in arms like, why are you conceding? She's like, no, 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 it's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't beat d- number 200 in yeah. men's until, and we think Serena's a goddess, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just that way. The average female is not, gonna do nearly as much as the average CEO because the average CEO is rare even amongst men. Yeah. The combination of personality. And when you see the female CEO, yeah. She's a, she's a god. Yeah. She's like on another yeah. well, level. Yeah. And, and you, the things and, that and she's willing I, to I give up and sacrifice to, and all this other too. stuff. It's, I'm, it's not, crazy. I'm not saying the female element isn't needed. It's very needed, but not for the reasons because someone's been left out. It's needed because it's time and we've reached an obvious limit of the protraction of a particular uh, human family's expressions, men, you know, so men is, in particular. Is the yeah. so we, is the we're reaching the limits are, of it. it. We become an invasive species in a sense. Like, well, like yeah. yeah, like we've absolutely become invasive. Yeah. Yeah. Men, and, and then again, this Eurocentric value system and men. Mm-hmm. With, with what oh, okay and I, I saw a, a comedian my girlfriend and I were watching uh, Netflix and it did the little advertisement at the end of Stranger Things mm-hmm. yeah and it was a female comedian and she said 
men are taught to be someone, women are taught to find someone. And yeah. that's part of a very traditional fucking paradigm yeah. here in the United States. That's the sin that yeah. I believe that that women are paying for right now. It's yeah. because it's all this it's this cycle of being told the only way to get by is by someone else. Well, yeah. It, and it's shitty to say, and I there's absolutely nothing else to read into with it, but there are benefits to being a well taken care of pet. And whenever it's time... I'd like, love to be a golden retriever. But yeah, yeah, look, you are in my book, baby. <laughs> yeah. But there are benefits to being a well cared for pet. Mm-hmm. And that's not intended in a pejorative fucking yeah. sense. There are men yeah. that take on that status. I mm-hmm. mean, fuck, I'd probably mm-hmm. gladly do some shit like that mm-hmm. myself. But mm-hmm. when, whenever you desire something in one way, but you're not willing to give up what you've already got to get yeah. there, mm-hmm. there's a problem in and of itself. If you're want, wanting to be, and again, I'm not sitting here trying to preach to women in general. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying human beings in general. When you're talking about that you, ha- you weren't able to transcend to the next level, one of the things you need to ask yourself is what is it that I've sacrificed in order to get here? Because in order to make progress, invariably, unless somebody's facilitating the shit for you, you're going to have to sacrifice something to get to that fucking level. So if you look and take inventory of yourself and you say you're not willing to sacrifice anything or you haven't sacrificed anything, you can just pretty much chalk it up that you ain't going to make any progress unless somebody else does it for you. But the problem here is that sacrifice is relative. One person's idea of their sacrifice That's is never absolutely going to true. be the same, even yeah. if they look the same on paper. But if, yeah. we, if we just look at the traditional like American paradigm sure. on what is expected of men versus what is expected of women, um, like, like men, in order for us to make progress as a species, we're going to have to release our hands at the fucking steering wheel a little mm. bit because yeah. dudes is driving this shit into the fucking ditch. Right. We need yeah. more cooperation between individuals instead of this hyper competitive environment that is really just kind of pulling us off in extraneous directions. It's it's eating itself at this point. Absolutely. And it will until until nature checks it and the balance, you know, we blow ourselves up and then mm-hmm. then we, we realize after blowing ourselves up that, oh, what's the first thing we need? We need the capacity to safely reproduce. Yeah. And then women's value shoot to the top again because mm-hmm. we put ourselves in primeval times. That's why I like running that sort of reductio. Mm-hmm. I, for me, it's effective. I just wind it back, take the sophistications away and say, when, when, when was this relationship between men and women and the environment simple enough that the dichotomy is easy to see, Right. And I think that's what it was. You're very vulnerable when you're doing that divine work. And I'm not pandering when I say divine. When you're bringing another life in the world, you're very vulnerable. Mm. Well, guess who's got a lot of extra time on his hands? Me. I can go earn the hunt, build the shelter, and protect you. All in a day's work. And I might still get some hanging out with the other tribesmen in while I'm Mm -hmm. doing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We have biologically a capacity to produce more than we need ourselves. So now this interesting experiment that's, starts to happen. That's heavy. To, that, and we that's, can that's always important. do it. Yeah. That's why it's also what, it also leads us to find out what we're missing. This is why men get older and they're like, yeah, you ain't shit if you ain't got a family. Mm-hmm. It ain't really the, the, the values uh, in this society that are protraction, a, a protraction of that reality that they're speaking to. It's actually fundamental. Somewhere inside of our bio- biology, we realize that one of the things we're missing that women have up on us is purpose. 
A man left right in the middle of the jungle, just alone, doesn't have to doesn't have a purpose. He has some capacity, some abilities that sort of infer what he might do, but woman's the opposite. A woman's purpose, nature comes right to her and sort of communicates it. Mm-hmm. They can sit perfectly still, and eventually something will happen to them so freaky and transcendent that they're like, oh man. What's this all about? Yeah. The menstruation will happen. Yes. And something will communicate it. We just get a little bit of energy, a little yep. bit more rowdy, but we're still this little little monkey creature that doesn't have any meaning unless we create it ourselves. So we we you know, we we find ourselves protracting and making physical manifestations of our ideals. That's what men do, right? Why do people think women that's a on bad the other thing? hand why they think it's a bad thing? Why do a lot of women think that's a bad thing? Because I they like think I, what is like having that that purpose there. Well, I think it's because I think it's because for them they they start off as the black piece on the chessboard, if you will. They start off reacting to what nature is. Or if we all get the same things to deal with from the baseline, mm-hmm. you got a five year old boy and a five year old girl just pop into existence. Okay. Five years later, something's going to happen to her that she's got to reconcile, mm-hmm. right? Five, five years later for him, nothing happens. He just keeps doing more boy stuff. Mm-hmm. So, purpose. So, if he wants, if he wants to, he, a man very quickly reaches a point where using all of it, the faculties made available to him by default, he gets bored. Mm. Judah Christian Mary talks about this. You can't overestimate how important boredom yeah. is, especially for men. And he doesn't have any meaning. Now I can multiply and uh, what's the word? Extend the meaning of my efforts through this new idea of union, which was made available by my capacity to gather and protect resources. I got so much now. I got more than than we need. Mm-hmm. I got more than me, you, and our kids need now. Mm-hmm. Now, what about that guy over there that's suffering? We can trade with him. Yeah. I got enough roots and you know vegetables and whatever. I'm just trying to keep it primeval to keep it simple. And all I had to do was protect her. All she had to do was keep being her loving self. It's a big deal, but it happens in a it happens at a different biorhythm, right? Mm-hmm. She has the baby, she's very, very vulnerable for a year or two, and then she's free again. To be back at the baseline, but now she's got to rear the, yeah. got to raise them up, right? All of the purpose, if you will, to fill that whatever that gap is in our psychology that I think that higher primates need, all of, all of that is given to her almost by default, mm-hmm. where none of it's given to men. Men, we got to go create the meaning for our existence, right? And this only happens when you get a little bit north. Of primates, right? You don't see gorillas and stuff carrying on like mm-hmm. that. So it's part of, I think, the yin and yang. It's part of the side effect of having this extra cognitive or cerebral capacity that we do. We got shit like boredom that mm-hmm. can. That's really a serious thing. We can think a little bit more than we need to think. Mm-hmm. So it's not possible for me to live a simple animal-like lifestyle. I'm going to make complicated representations of that of how I'm feeling and how I'm interacting with the world around me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not just going to go fish in the lake to get the food I need. Fishing's going to become a ritual and the fishing pole and what you do and the prayer you say when you catch the fish. You know what I mean? That's all because of the extra amount of noodle to me that we have. So we do that stuff. And when you get in modern times and you look back, it may look superstitious, 
but it has a purpose because it's the reaction to uh, sort of the the gift of having the brain capacity that we do. So when women see us doing that, they want to keep it simple. I go this right now. All they want to do is be with you. And so they don't, I think that's part of the reason why the superficial purposes that, that men make up to fulfill themselves and go spend their energy on mm-hmm. may at times like seem like uh, silly to a woman. If that's, like if there's that's car guys, like guys that are really yeah. into race cars yeah. and all kinds of that shit. We have yeah. to create this extraneous fucking purpose. Yeah, which is beautiful. It's art. Well, and I, yeah. that always re- that reminds me of the notion of sexual dimorphism and how that applies to primates. Mm-hmm. Um, and from an anthropological perspective, if you look at Neanderthals, like you look at the skeletons of Neanderthals, mm-hmm. there is far less sexual dimorphism between mm-hmm. male and female Neanderthals. They mm-hmm. are very similar physiological entities. Yep. If you look at the skeleton of human males and human females, significant sexual dimorphism. And mm-hmm. if you look at any species that exhibits sexual dimorphism right that, like that, that is the rudiments of the division of labor. That's specialized tasking. Now, we live in a society where we, you know, the ultimate goal is transcending our basal fucking desires and requirements so that we can i I guess i don't i don't want to say evolve but that's really what it amounts to is that we're we're pushing evolution in an unforeseen direction at this point yeah so when you were talking about the differences in body sizes um and and bone structure and all that kind of stuff what about the case for something like lions aren't the Aren't the the female lions the hunters? They are, but if you look at males, males are well. What, they're thir- protecting 30, against other lions. Well, they're thirty to sixty percent larger than than yeah. a, a big female would be. Yeah. So their their objective is to be desirable to the lionesses mm-hmm. that do all the motherfucking work in the yeah. group and whoop ass if another male comes by because so that other male that is going to come sense. by and kill all they'll the kill young. They'll kill the female too. What potentially, potentially. They, 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 you don't know. If another male comes in there, it's just like with us. If, if some strange ass dude comes rolling up, mm-hmm. it's our automatic response, or at least some of us, it's our automatic response to be like, who is this motherfucker mm-hmm. right here? Yeah. Well, they just take that shit to an extreme. And if you look at um, like they've done studies regarding uh, lionesses and how likely they are to breed with a male, they tend to prefer males with these large, darker manes mm-hmm. as opposed to sparse, lighter, more like flaxen-colored manes. Those males tend to get more play. So they have this big mane that serves the purpose of not only kind of like armor to vital areas, mm-hmm. like you know, big blood the vessels neck. in the neck and shit like that because they're going to be fighting, but it's also kind of like a sex organ to a degree. It's this it's this peacocking type thing. That's another element of sexual dimorphism. And that correlates again with the notion of males are taught to be someone, females are taught to find someone. It's not so unreasonable to make those those translations from the natural world as we see it feeling like we on the outside looking in yeah and and ourselves now now don't get me wrong none of us are sitting here saying that you have to be pigeonholed into a specific gender role or anything like that because again with our proliferation as a species and the direction we're marching in there is going to be a lot more blurring of the lines regarding you know sexual dimorphism and androgyny and all of that shit it that's a 
sign that we have been successful as a species, that reproduction is not just serving a utilitarian function. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, people that don't necessarily fall in lockstep with these conventional roles and shit, in, in other societies, they've held elevated positions for fucking decades, if not centuries. The Fahaleti, Fahafine, Fafafine. Fafafine and Fahaleti in the, in Polynesia. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what is it? Lady boys in Thailand to a degree. Well, has see, it. I yeah, yeah. I feel about that the same way I do when black people say the first black person to do this or look at so and so. Oh, they had a black guy and he was the the general in this movie and stuff. It's so sick to me. It's so sad because to me, I look at it kind of like a glass cloud or something where it's really really dense. And on the outside, it's it's gaseous, right? And then it gets really hard to see and measure. But it's just as much important to that atom as the rest of it. In fact, we're learning that those harder-to-measure particles, if you will, are the more important parts. I think our expressions of, of what we are, are, they work that way. So what I'm saying is people see heavy levels of representation in the information age and the, and because that's what people are spending their time doing because we've earned the privilege to do that now mm-hmm. sit around and watch YouTube mm-hmm. they simply want to be represented to that same degree but they don't understand how it got there I think it's no more simple than that like I don't want to see a woman CEO you don't want to be a, a CEO yeah if you did, there would be no discussion about it because a man is not looking for something to solve his problem. He's looking to solve it. He's going and putting himself on the line to you know, create the reality that, that he wants for himself instead of trying to find someone, right? The man's, So I just wish we would just be honest about the conversation and walk it backwards and quit trying to like make people feel good, good about something that less than a fraction of a percent really, really even want that to is do. Interesting. It's, when you really you don't want to do that. You don't you don't want the money that I'm making. You don't want to make my salary. What what's happened is I'm starting to reach a limit of celebrating the value systems that are perhaps default in me. And we just need to check ourselves and pull it back. I'm t- perfectly okay with paying women more and giving them more time off just to even even up the numbers. Because I know what's, I like to think, I know what's really going on fundamentally. It ain't going to change nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be fine. I don't care if you if you uh, make the same money uh, that I do. Because especially if you're willing to do what I'm willing to do. Mm-hmm. You will have no man having an objection to that. The thing is, you're asking me to to compromise or to take a bite out of what I am to feel what you think you are missing and it's not we just need to sit down and talk just a little bit longer and you'll see that actually you would much rather be doing what you're doing if it were celebrated the way what i'm doing is but it doesn't align with your nature to That's... to celebrate your uh your um biology if you will that way we got x games and shit i remember when like they started turning backflips on snowboards mm-hmm. you remember that it's like hi it's funny i knew it was coming mm-hmm. But like they they got the the not snowboards but the motorized yeah, the yeah. snow sleds or, the big snow heavy sleds, things okay. yeah they turn backflips on snowmobile just, yeah snowmobiles yeah, yeah. yeah and I just laughed like I laughed my ass off because I knew it was coming eventually and you dude, knew some it, asshole dude is the yeah. motherfucker that did that shit <laughs> yeah and I'm like who how many guys broke their fucking neck yeah you know what I mean but now I'm a female snowboarder that's you're not you don't know what you just witnessed yeah. you forgot. The 200 guys that broke their neck mm-hmm. to, to figure out 
how to get that thing to turn and backflip. You know yeah. what I mean? And are you sure you want to do that? Because what happens is Jordan Peterson says when women make their way up to the in the corporate world, they start to quickly come to the realization that this is an insane way to carry on. And for that reason, they exit, you know, top hedge fund lawyer types and stuff. And they're like killers and they're like making all the money and stuff. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, I'm well, not going to do this. You know, this. it's this funny. I, I read, I can't remember where I read it, but it was saying something that like when, when this happens for, when women come into like really high up positions like that, yeah. I, God, I wish I knew where exactly I read it, but it was like the same thing seems to hit every single time. It's this idea of wanting a family and wanting all these other things yeah. that are that that can only be happily sustained. Yes, at a level way below that of yes. this other person in power. Yes, because unless you're willing to have a nanny and have someone else raise your kid, well, if you want to have all that other stuff in play. They were they were saying that it's it's extremely hard to have any yeah, kind of just, a life. Yeah, just just run, get, reduce the fractions to the simplest yeah. ones. But if you're willing to you give that up, it. if you're I willing to you do that, then say it's this. fine. Exactly. I thought you were going to say this. They always want to turn the environment into the the biggest expression of their native values or native mm -hmm. faculties, if you will, and that requires resources that they're not capable of gathering. Mm -hmm. That's what I always notice. You get a woman up to CEO, then she tries to turn the, the company into, you know, a loving family. But it doesn't matter if it's negative, positive. We got to be more mature than good and bad. It's me wanting to cut your throat and make 10K more than you mm -hmm. that got that iPhone created. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amongst mm -hmm. other things. It's things aligned with that ridiculous value system and testosterone. And that's okay. Because mm -hmm. what you're going to try to do is turn the company into something that's not sustainable without an exorbitant amount of resources. Mm -hmm. And where's the last time we saw that at? We saw that when I reached a point where I could win the hunt and gather more resources than just me and you needed. Mm -hmm. we, got to be, we got to be able to run these interesting experiments, right? When... The female lioness starts to get her gathering of resources, starts to satisfy some of what the male lioness needs to do. Watch, they'll change too. Mm -hmm. He'll have room to do other shit. And maybe he hunts one day out of the week, right? Yeah. But right now, it's not like that. So we just to survive, we got to keep it right here. But as soon as I got to where, you know what? This log cabin is pretty safe. Mm -hmm. I, I left for a hunt. It was a three-day hunt. I came back and you and the kids were fine. And the food hadn't gone bad. Hmm. That's a lot of extra time. So what can we do with that? You see what I mean? I don't see why. I don't know. Somebody could tell me if I'm wrong, but it's no more complicated than that to me in the corporate world because I just think it's a, a sophisticated expression of the same shit, right? Mm -hmm. Dudes just found a way to compete and do the crazy stuff we do for resources, right? And fulfill our need to do that. And it's a just it's, extreme yo, expression I, of it. I've got I've got kind of a, a touchy angle to to approach this shit from. Um, and again, this isn't pejorative. This is just encyclopedic. This is the definition of this shit, and it's something worth exploring. Is again, in keeping with the notion of sexual dimorphism, the rudiments of the division of labor. You know, our ancestors lived in some brutal ass times. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And and let's not pretend like our Paleolithic ancestors necessarily as a whole were entirely enlightened when it came to interpersonal interactions, especially the males. Because if you look at even modern humans, the brains of women, and it, it also correlates with uh, 
homosexual men as well that were part of the study. The corpus callosum is more well-developed in women and homosexual men than it is in heterosexual men. And that's the area, and I've said this shit before on a podcast, but that's the area of the brain that's responsible for uh, sharing information between the left and right hemispheres. That correlates with a greater degree of interpersonal communication, which also correlates with cooperative behavior as well. Um. By the very basic definition, it is not unreasonable to assert in those times, under those conditions, with what we understood about sexual dimorphism and the behavior of males, even today, the way males treat females as a resource, something that they can accumulate. Mm -hmm. Women, hypothetically, were subject to the first bid by humanity to domesticate something. Mm domestication was imposed upon women. So it's a it's a difficult path if we look down again with the vast array of genetic manifestations that we see today. And and again it's a good thing. Society's more open to it. Um, we have fewer issues that allow for the proliferation of genes that otherwise wouldn't have been as advantageous back in those dark times so to right. speak. Uh but with gender roles there is some biological foundation to these elements that we're speaking on. Yeah. And, that, and that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't mean that that supersedes who you are as an individual. That doesn't mean that anybody in this room is trying to stifle your personal utility, your upward mobility. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you even fit into any of this. You could transcend all this shit completely and entirely. This is essentially just a... Another angle that that coincides, yes, men do actively subjugate women all along the way with us having these biological reinforcers that are attached to it, these deeply ingrained biological enforcers that are that are native to everybody in this fucking room to some degree. Dude, that sounds so fucked up though. Uh, oh, like I know. saying that it's the the sin. And again, to try and like connect us to the whole like sins of the father kind of thing, like it's almost like the the plight that women go through every day. It's something like we're bred to do that, dude. I, I swear to God, I think I think when sexual dimorphism started taking over, because we're more like we're aggressive, dog. Yeah. We're uh, an aggressive primate. Yeah, violent and a motherfucker. Yeah, um, chimpanzees. Conventional chimpanzees, violent as hell. Bonobos, like you mentioned earlier, not. They it's a matriarchal society. Mm-hmm. It's centered around like interpersonal stuff, sex, things like that. If we look at the paradigm that's more associated with conventional chimpanzees, which I would imagine our ancestors with some brutal motherfuckers, those dudes one hundred percent controlled women from a sexual standpoint, from a dietary standpoint. From a uh, residential standpoint, every element. Do you think that women had any fucking say? As, aside from superstitious behavior, somebody might have got assigned some status as a mm-hmm. mystic here and there, some shit. Yeah. But Paleolithic ancestors, and again, we're not talking about you know Native American culture where you saw a, a fair amount of egalitarianism. Um, yep. st- still a division of labor. Yeah. Still yep. a division of fucking for, labor. For reasons I, I said earlier that I'll mention again in a second. Continue yeah, though, but, but that's, that's the fucking thing is that where we're at now 
we have to make the fundamental. We we have to reverse engineer. Yes. yes. Where we're at now. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. We, yes. Yeah. That's we it. That's all we said it. And yeah. that and that's yeah. what we're doing. We're trying to reverse yeah. engineer all this shit. It's not this ain't this ain't our tr- us trying to reinforce our personal fucking opinions. Yes. This is our best you gotta assessment. Break to you got to break it down. Yeah, given it all down. the components right. that are associated yes. with it. And and yes, it's a it's a dark fucked up thing but if we're realistic about it if we look at the chronology of human history men have treated women terribly yes they have treated women like objects and commodities throughout history why in the fuck would that not have existed in even more uh rough way back in you Mm -hmm. know caveman times nomadic caveman times all right you you've got to play you know you've got to play the woman's voice now since you brought it Brought it into sure. the conversation. Yeah. You have to do the, the advocate thing, but is that what you think is is being said in that question that, that you brought up? Is it is our concern like how we can be better about the treatment? Yeah, I mean, it's not even just women, but you know, again, to yeah. keep it into this, yeah, it, to to keep in line with our subject of the sins yeah. of the father, yeah, like is it like I I just want to be able to connect all that. Yeah, and I it can't seems help. like it's it seems well, like when it and, like coming down to really reverse engineering all of it yeah. when it really comes down to what we were saying a lot earlier of acknowledging all of it. Like that seems like the way to even get well, started. Well, on peep it. game on this. This this is we're going to we're going to make a, a comparison here with uh with males selecting for what traits essentially they wanted in female fucking partners. Mm-hmm. It reinforced sexual dimorphism even more yeah. as, as history fucking progressed. Uh, and that's altered mm-hmm. again with whatever male predilection that they found attractive. If you look across pretty much any culture, it's the male sensibility regarding attractiveness that pushes, you know, whatever the female manifests. Um, if you look at how African Americans were effectively bred, you know, again, same process. Motherfuckers were treated like livestock mm-hmm. to a degree. You would have one male that passed his genetics on to as many humans as, or as many human women as possible, mm-hmm. and that those traits that was selected for by the the slave master, which. If you look at him, what what would be the list of traits that a slave master would look for in a slave? LeBron James. LeBron James. What about personality? What about personality characteristics? Passiveness. There you go. There you go. Passivity, agreeableness. um, But strong as hell. Strong, cooperative. LeBron James. (laughs) James. He's a nice guy. Part of of his hindrance is he's so damn nice. And and that's that's what I'm saying. And, And that was selected for. Mm-hmm. by white slave owners yeah. in African-American populations. And that has echoed in some way, shape, form, or oh, fashion. Yeah. That has echoed into modernity. Oh, yeah. Whether, whether it be adopted, you mm-hmm. know, because to this day, motherfuckers, if you're cooperative with this conventional Eurocentric system, a lot of times you get looked at as a sellout to a degree yes. in, in certain contexts. If you're cooperative, that's what happens. And if you buck those characteristics that the slave master had oh, yeah. bred into your ancestors way oh, back yeah. then, then the penal system fucking steps oh, in. Oh, yeah. Disobedience, Man. knowing your role, all Man. that, that translates Man. to men and women. So, so you're, or that, that tra- translates to how women were subjugated and effectively fucking bred. 
in accordance to whatever these controlling individuals, males, decided, the same thing translates on a much more specific, more recent scale with how African Americans would treat it. That, even though women, that began when time began for you know humanity as yes. we know it, that began back then. So it gets glossed over and taken for granted. So we look at it almost like women are this way and men are this way. But men have been breeding women how they wanted them to for fucking eons mm. and eons and eons. So it's it's written into their DNA at this point. Mm -hmm. So what we see as and and it reinforces this notion of sexual dimorphism is a manifestation of the sins of our fathers. Mm. That was so so when we're talking about personal utility moving forward. We have to make that acknowledgement with our reverse engineering of where we're at as a species. Yeah. And at the same time, with that reverse engineering, we have to make that real, real far back fundamental acknowledgement that males have been controlling the breeding patterns and goddamn everything for women for, yeah. since before time began. Yeah. yeah, And we've got science experiments, too. Um, I want to say that everything I brought up was from the perspective of American experience, but mm -hmm. we've got science experiments of the other thing, the other it going the other way. You know, there's those few cultures, um, and there were several of them. You know, in Africa, they're pretty awkward yeah. about mating and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to think it's because there was no um, environmental pressure, you know, that that had to make that force males to start selecting. So they got. That one tribe that's really weird where they won't look each other in the face and the, wow, the women really? choose yeah the women choose the men the women run everything but you know what they also got endless yams yeah they live off roots and mm -hmm. have been for eons and they never had a reason to get any more sophisticated than that so the dudes never had to fight each other so the dudes never had to develop protection and defense and the mm -hmm. dudes never got really sophisticated in spitting game mm -hmm. so the dudes were like this they're like looking away at the women and they kind of touch it. it's a real weird mating yeah. thing they have and the women kind of boss up and run things but you got it right there. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when those few little environmental variables aren't in the equation. I don't think yeah. it's any more complicated that than that. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Fun, huh? fun little fact. <laughs> He's like, I just have to sit there. And well, yeah, Brandon. They, they pick me. Brandon yeah. loves that shit. You can Google it. It's, huh? it's, a fun little geo. factoid that, it, that just reminded me of is they did a pretty legit fucking study of, regarding penis size and nationality. And there is a strong... Positive correlation, positive being they go in the same direction, not that this, this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But the more um, oppressive the male presence, the more misogynistic, um, male-centered a fucking society is, the more subjugated the women are, the more likely they are to have a smaller penis. When women have more personal mm -hmm. utility yeah. in, in societies yeah. that are more egalitarian, yeah. the yeah. average penis size sure. is considerably larger. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know shit about dimorphism. I encountered a lot when I'm reading, and I'm glad you've been treating it so much because I could never understood how it connected. You, you've done it today, too. I still don't know how they jump from the shapes of our physical bodies to those other protractions, but I, I, I encounter it all the time in the thing that I'm reading. That book I recommended mm -hmm. to everyone, The uh, Iceman Inheritance, mm -hmm. he treats that very, very uh, specifically. He spends a lot of time on a chapter or two, but I still didn't get why, how they came to that conclusion. I get what they're saying that the dimorphism represents, but I didn't have, uh, and so I was going to say, knowing nothing about that 
particularly, I, I can exa- I can see exactly why that would be. You know what I mean? Because I've heard that that the the big dicks from Africa come from the opportunity, the to, opportunity reproduce, to reproduce un, mm-hmm. um, 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 uncontested. Mm-hmm. Therefore, your penis size is going to be what is selecting because you may be more successful at delivering your sperm. Nothing more than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, well, and it, I, I think a lot of times, like if you look at Europe, the the societies that have been historically more egalitarian, so the Scandinavian countries, mm-hmm. women have, and again, I, I don't want to gloss over women being subjugated, and I'm not mad familiar, I'm not part of that society, but what I'm told and what I read, um, women have always held a little bit higher echelon in society than comparative societies in Western Europe. So Scandinavia, the Netherlands, stuff like that, it tended to be fucking higher. And then if you looked at the, uh, the British Isles, it dropped down quite a bit. Uh, Germanic countries kind of dropped down as well. Yeah. Uh, Slavic countries dropped down even more. (laughs) Well, I I think that whatever the, I don't want to say unique, whatever role and um, responsibilities that the male took on at the same point that the male started to select the females in the way that he wanted. Whatever those are, they're still going to have to need to be represented and balanced, I think, because I see us like this. We're neck and neck at one point, and we're running through the environment gathering resources, right? And we finally get to where we we are eating good enough and living good enough that we're thinking good and we're resting good, and now we have time for... Uh, other expressions, you know, ceremony and, you know, leisure, right? So now the woman, the men and women are the same at this point all the way up until she gets pregnant. Mm. Then, all right, can you keep going on the hunt with me? Can you keep climbing up these mountains on me? Yeah, I can do it. I'm, I'm just as capable of you. Well, your, your belly's gotten kind of big now. We're eight months into this thing and whatever's happening in your body, it's, it's slowing you it's down. It's slowing you down. Well... I'm going to keep up no matter what. Then the pregnancy is not successful, consequently. Mm-hmm. Then we learn that. So And those genetics don't get passed on. The, that's right. Oh, that part. I didn't think about that. Because yeah, a showing, lot of times she would die as a result. Yes. Like complications of oh, pregnancy yeah. were one of the yeah. number one causes of yeah. mortality. I, I, I just wanted to say to the audience, like, think about it in those terms. And then... Add the coefficients, you know, to, to what we're at. I know I keep going through the same model, but take that simple example and make it as sophisticated in a day and say, what could you do that your husband can do right now? I can do everything he can do. Okay, keep doing it. Let's pretend that you keep mm-hmm. doing it. Now, I'll, you got to get, I'll, I'll throw one in that they might not want to grant, but let's just say somehow or another you get an impulse to reproduce because mm-hmm. they can say, well, I'm never going to have kids. Okay. Same result. The, uh, the race, the human race doesn't continue. It doesn't perpetuate, mm-hmm. but okay. Let's just say you do get the impulse to have kids and you have the power at that point. You can select whoever you want. And that often happened. The yeah. women want it to, to, to be pregnant. So somebody in the village was your dad, right? <laughs> it wasn't always me. But let's say you do that. Now, you got to chill. You got to chill for nine months. What is that nine month? What is that multiplier, if you will, look like all the way move forward to, to what we have today? You know what I mean? How much is of women's lack of representation in what they think is marginalized arenas where they're marginalized? How much of that is simply that nine months, if you will, multiplied? You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Mm. I wonder how much it is. 
For some reason, this makes me think of the conversation I was having with uh, one of my friends. Uh, her and her husband came over to my house to swim yesterday. And she said the comment about, um, we were talking about abortion, right? And she said that one man can have 365 kids a year because he can fuck 365 women every day and get them all pregnant and can just skate by with nothing. Woman can get fucked once and she's out for a whole year because of she's because of the pregnancy. Not counting all the other amount of time that it's going to oh, take yeah. raising this kid and doing oh, yeah. all this other kind of stuff. I don't oh, know yeah. why, but for some reason that really connects well, that here. that reproductive element that that key element there is it's a biological tether. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you bring up a good point. We do 100% like don't don't reproduce if you don't want to reproduce. Be attracted to who you want to be attracted to. I mean, that's totally fucking fine. Nobody's saying that you have to be locked into a particular fucking thing. But it's an inalienable fact that if you get a goddamn it don't matter if you want to have a a romantic relationship with a male or not. Mm-hmm. If you decide that you just want to reproduce one day, mm-hmm. it's still the implications of that, the biological and social yes. implications of that are significantly different than they are for a male. Yes. And that's, yes. And that's so not, important. And that's and not here's even a societal what I'm to thing. Do. That, that has biological written all over in the, it. Yes. In the spirit of reverse engineering, I'm willing to s- subsidize that cycle, that necessary cycle. You're down for more over than a year. What you need to be fulfilled, and I'm, I'm just going to call it fulfillment, is a lot more tricky to accomplish than what I need, right? Mm-hmm. If you find a man who's unfulfilled, I'm going to take two modern people. I got friends just like this right now. Got a girlfriend that's beautiful and so unhappy. She can't find a dude. She's that like typical in Atlanta mm-hmm. kind of black woman, right? And she's going, and I'm, I'm talking to her, I'm like, wow, I, don't, I do not know what the answer is, but I know how we got here. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got two degrees, she makes big money, and she just, she won't put up with any knucklehead dude. So she's always, Mark, and I, I'm like, you got rid of that one dude, the one dude that had the air conditioning business, and he's like a millionaire. I'm like, you got rid of that dude? Like, what the fuck more do you want? Yeah. But I see what it is. I won't say it to her, this is my friend from college, but, um, but I, I see that Fulfillment is somehow tied to that, and in more examples mm. than I've than I've seen, not I see that manifest as a driving force in the decisions that women make. All right, so uh, lost what I was gonna say. So you, I will pay you more and give you more time off or whatever we, however we want to sort it out, because all I gotta do is go join the gym. Yeah. All I gotta do is go yakking pull out my mountain bike and get back and I'll, I'll fulfill that th- you know, now the rest of the time I can be a dad. I can dedicate all my energy to this other thing that's bigger than me. But if I have that, like all I got to do is just go spend some testosterone as far as I can mm-hmm. tell. And me being an intellectual, all I got to do is find a good book because mm-hmm. I'm a nerd. I don't even need that much. Maybe yeah. a video game, you know, mm-hmm. walk around the neighborhood. I'm done. You know what I mean? For you, female lady, it seems a little bit more involved in that. Mm. Because it's not just being in a relationship or nurturing. You seem to have to complete this cycle of creating another life form, which is a trip. Mm-hmm. If you can agree to me on that we're different there and that, that, that 
dichotomy, if that's the right word, that difference that we have, will sustain itself as we become more sophisticated and create a society. If you agree to me there, I will agree to compromise mm-hmm. wherever it needs to be, all the way to modern times, right? So do you think that, th- would you say that the sin that both men and women are, are suffering from is that idea that we're we are the same but we're not no the sin is that we don't have the capacity to stop striving toward what seems to be a biological imperative so that okay. when we, we when we reach a diminishing return we got to use that other next level mm-hmm. divine utility we have and that's compassion we can sacrifice i can sacrifice mm-hmm. i can make 10k less so you can have a so every woman in the corporation can have a full year off when she wants to i'm cool with it yeah well, and, and you know what? And, and that's divine because only humans can do that. And, mm. and this isn't a pleasant thought, especially if we're trying to espouse a, the notion of a potential level playing field. But from a biological standpoint, it would not behoove males to be as discerning regarding who is a potential person to reproduce with. Males across species play the numbers game. Get, flood the market with as much of your genetics as possible mm-hmm. because even if at face value that individual isn't necessarily what you would conventionally find to be the most suitable mate, you might get mm-hmm. the most amazing product from it. Just playing the numbers game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, this is a very fast and loose and grotesque way of looking at it, but this is the fucking reality of it. It behooves men from a biological standpoint to flood the market with, with genetics. Right. Since women have to be the one that actually carry the child to term and then have to be the one that cleans up the mess because, again, like you said, men can get away pretty much motherfucking scot-free. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. It sucks. But that's yes. an ingrained unfair element of it. Yes. That if you if you put your body through that and then you're going to take on that responsibility that is inalienably yours, regardless of if the male is there yeah. or not, you have to be more discerning regarding who the potential mate is. You look for again, you look for someone that has certain attributes that you feel like are going to be advantageous. Males and a lot of times dudes will get criticized because they're like, he was just sleep with anybody. Like I, mm-hmm. and again, part of that is social values. Men don't go, get slut shamed like yeah. women do and stuff like that. But we would be remiss again if we were to just completely ignore the numbers, the biological implications of the fact. Like you said, a man can go around and just spread his DNA without any kind of of concern whatsoever. Essentially, he can. I mean, what you get. Put in jail for child support. That's about as bad as it gets, I guess. Mm -hmm. But a woman, if you undertake that, there's much more liability that's associated with it. It has to be a much more deeply ingrained, psychologically associated process. It has to be. I don't know. I don't know any woman that's ever successfully carried on in that way that you just described men can. They all go nuts if they're not around their progeny. They go crazy really quickly. They go crazy when they don't get to create progeny. You know what I mean? They they go crazy. I don't know what the science is or what the language is, but I haven't met a lady yet yeah. that ain't messed up 
somehow something to do with her reproductive capacities, if they're not manifested and realized in her life, that is a large part of her personality. Well, and menopause. Think about how people talk yeah. about how menopause can drastically influence a woman's yeah. personality. Also, birth control. Mm-hmm. This is kind of an interesting thing. My girlfriend was looking up uh, hormonal birth control and studies that are associated with that. And the studies found that smells, natural pheromones, things like that, women overwhelmingly preferred pheromones or, you know, the smells that are associated with someone who is more genetically similar to themselves Uh while they are under, while they're either pregnant or on birth control. Because, mm-hmm. you know, hormonal birth control effectively tricks the body into thinking it's pregnant yeah. in some way. Okay. Uh, but they were more, they tended to gravitate more towards those familiar, more uh, conventional genetics. That that DNA was more appealing whenever they were either pregnant or on birth mm-hmm. control. When they weren't on birth control, they tended to prefer pheromones from someone who is genetically dissimilar oh. from themselves for the sake of biological diversity, hybrid oh, vigor, okay. that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. I was so confused it, until you said that second part. But oh, okay. see, that's the thing is if you look at all these things like menstruation, um, you know, when you hit a certain age, yeah. like yeah. boys are still boys, like yeah. ignorant yeah. ass, like we still kind of fucking yeah. are. You know, I play video games and act yeah. like a goddamn idiot. Yeah. But but you know when it, whenever a, a woman menstruates or goes through her monthly cycle, that has implications hormonally. Yeah, which yeah. again has implications behaviorally. When you look at menopause, implications hormonally, implications behaviorally, hysterectomies, mm-hmm. especially when somebody's young, if they have to have a total hysterectomy, oh, yeah. Yeah. it has. Yo. It is associated with dire yes. implications for someone's hormones. Absolutely, and, you remind me of something. Before I say that, though, do you think the 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 appetite for similar DNA at that time is like saying Safety. familiar family? Yeah. Take care of me. Stay with I'm the vulnerable. Tribe. Stay with the yeah. village. Cause, stick, stick with yeah. somebody that's related to and, you because you can't get pregnant the more, by them. The more, yeah, and the more, yeah, you can't get pregnant yeah. by them, even if they some heinous shit. And going if I on. had a yeah. big family, I'd feel even that much better. Yep. More people. Yep. Uh, um Ergo village. Mm-hmm. But when you're not pregnant or yeah. you're not on birth control, Man. you seek out a more varied genetics, yeah. somebody that's wow. dissimilar genetically from your. I don't know if you guys did a lot of hoeing like I did when I was younger, but did, I don't. Did, does every, doesn't every young lady go through like a phase where they're, I'm scared I can't have kids phase? You ever run into a girl like that? Yeah, that, to a girlfriend? I, yeah they I, I, all I, seem to go through that. It seems like to be a part of. Uh, adolescence or well, maturation it's like, or something. It's like I did a bunch of reckless shit and I ain't get pregnant. I ain't, but yeah, well, I'm I, talking about that one where they were afraid that they couldn't have kids. Right. I run no, into I that never, one every yeah. single really every single time. Like, why did you ever? Because, dude, you're like, I'm. I wish I couldn't yeah. get girls pregnant so I could wild out. But um, I'm wondering. You were speaking to the psychological connection. That's kind of the first time you'd said that. Uh, uh, this that I that I caught, and I, I was thinking. Is that what we're observing when mm-hmm. women have that expression around early college, around their 20s? When they're starting to get mm-hmm. as the prime reproductive age, where they're like, oh, the same friend I'm thinking about was the same way. We worked together all through her college years. And I was like, why are you always talking about that? Like, what do you care about? Well, she's killing it in academics in some world created by men that's a projection of our values, right? Here's a bunch of ideas and go play in this. All she's thinking about is getting... 
why, why the fuck do you? And I would take it the wrong way. Yeah. Think she had her head in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. But I wondered if that's just not how powerful those biological imperatives are. I just, I just wonder well, the psychological mm, connection. And, and think about this. I, I don't. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, and maybe this is worth looking up. But I'm pretty sure that humans are relatively unique in that we have a estrous cycle, a monthly estrous cycle. Most mammalian species, when they're in estrus, it's like once a year, mm-hmm. twice a year, something like oh, that. Oh, for real? Yeah, this shit is legit once a month with humans, mm-hmm. which to me, again, that coincides to a great deal on what men would have selected for or wanted. Yeah, because yeah, it's the yeah. shit that's like oh, so you're vulnerable, in, you're man. In, you're in yeah. estrus again. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it creates. But also, you you could look at environmental cues if you're part of a nomadic, you know, group, and you're you're crossing over into different environments, and yeah, the weather's man. fluctuating, and it might be like, oh, this is advantageous that we go ahead and get this in here. I don't yeah. know, but yeah. but I think that that's something that's worth exploring too. Mm. Is if you look at all these things that we accept today, like that's the way it's always been, bro. This has been a continuum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because it's not recorded. In in some textbook doesn't mean it wasn't on and popping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was wild shit. There's a wild shit that's been going on before any conventional language on this planet existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we have to, if we're reverse engineering all this shit, we have to walk it back and be like, you know, we men probably tampered with this shit. Oh yeah, man, that's men, a super good point. I didn't, I didn't expect men, that. Men, yeah. men played a that's role in this shit, and, yeah. and that's something I think that also we we would have to acknowledge moving forward is we can't entirely put the onus on women regarding our differences. Mm. That's a difficult thing for us to reconcile as well mm-hmm. as if if there are these ingrained biological differences, which I think everybody here is in agreement that there are yes. pretty significant mm-hmm. ingrained biological differences between males and females. When we're wa- wa- working our way back to the basics of this shit, we have to make allowances for the potentiality that we lightweight, we're mad scientists with this shit. That's too. a really good contribution yeah. to it, man, because that's something you can do something about. That mm-hmm. means that that's possibly one measure of influence that you can remove. We can fix. Without, yeah, you can fix it. You can roll that back or yeah. undo it or reverse engineer it. That's really cool, man. I, 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 I think for... The, in the spirit of that um, compassionate perspective, we can exercise men's the limit of men too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as interesting, but I, in that same sort of primeval metaphor, I always imagine when I think of um, I- Iranian women and them covering up. How did they get that way? Because they always give the same sort of reasoning, but I could be making it up. But I always I think that that's just an example of yeah. the women being right there in the middle of the world, having every mix phenotypically, being arguably the most beautiful women on the world. Yeah, they look like, they got it all. They got the hair, they got the body shape, the the women in that part. It probably was a problem. Because men, at some point, after we get past our little village experiment that I said, me being promiscuous, which may be a natural impulse, becomes problematic too, doesn't it? Really quickly, and wars are started and stuff like that. So I think there's a clear path to understanding what men men had to reconcile as well mm. you know what i mean even though it may have been easy for us to carry on that way yeah nature itself if you will would start to check us because other men yeah ain't having that 
and and th- then wars are started because of that. and I think man I, I always I always imagine like again the Silk Road mm-hmm. and some caravan master doing his thing and some nasty Anglo dude comes down for some rare spices and silks or whatever that he doesn't get a chance to make it that part of the mm-hmm. world yet and he's like hey man what do you got to trade and he's like I got these dope wolf pelts you ain't seen nothing like this. I got wolf pelts. Give me all your spices. He was like, that's cool. I think I can hawk those back in the bazaar here. Mm-hmm. We'll trade. He was like, also, I want that. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you pointing at? Your, your beautiful your daughter. Or your your yeah. Because they come stock like that. Yeah. You know, they they look gorgeous, just yeah. normal, right? And I wonder if that caused some problems, man. You know? You and know I it did. If, you if those, exactly right. If those, you know, yeah, those, yeah. Yeah, all that male stuff and there's mm-hmm. like, man, we got to come up with a system to yep. take care. And again, imposing themselves, not asking the women, hey, what do, what do y'all think we should do about this? Yep. But it was like, hey, y'all wrap up because yep. the very sight of you is causing political problems at the village trading neighbor to neighbor level, right? Remember what Morgan Freeman said to uh, Costner in Robin Hood? No. And they're walking, around. yeah, like like everybody should remember yeah, that, right? Everybody should I, have that. That's a dope ass movie, thing. though. Dope. They walking Prince across, of Thieves. Uh, yeah. Walking along that like, that wall, whatever. Anyway, you know, Morgan played yeah. a, he played a Moor mm-hmm. in that movie. Another term for the Mohammedans of mm-hmm. that age and he was far up in Europe a little bit away from home and he was like man the women are so beautiful where I come from it's like men kill themselves over because I think Costner was probably talking yeah. about whatever the romance arc was mm-hmm. in the movie and Morgan Freeman being Morgan Freeman yeah. was the wise advisor yeah. you know what I mean and they're like I think they're riding horses or whatever I could be making all that up yeah. but I think I remember that from uh, that movie yeah. and I, it stuck with me yeah, it stuck with me for the same reason as that that little scene in the Thirteenth Warrior. It stuck with me, you know what <laughs> I mean? I'm I'm like, wow, they they have they have they dealt with this problem so long yeah. that they have cultural uh, solutions for it and yeah. they carry that on, you know what I mean? And we get here now where we're chilling and everything, and, and we also should say too that uh, I think I don't know if it was uh, Khomeini or not, maybe the guy before him, but they had to go backwards when America started, you know. Great Britain. Biz, Great Britain. Yeah. Sorry, thank you. I don't know shit about history. That's why BP is there, is because they. Yeah. Is it what, they was it Britain? Because yeah. I, because I, because isn't it true that they were on their way? Yeah. You know, to modern, and then the US things tried, got so the rough US that they had to tighten up politically. And, and the best people there's... to do that are the more masculine males, mm-hmm. and they're going to use the most, uh, whatever skewed chauvinistic expression of Islam, which is Wahhabism, mm-hmm. and then you get all the goofy shit, because a lot of that is culture, and it's not the religion. Religion's mm-hmm. rather boring. Islam yeah. ain't, ain't any more fancy than anything else. Just the other yeah. Abrahamic religions. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like the rest of them. It's that culture yeah. that gets seasoned on there, and mm-hmm. we mix that up. But anyway, I just thought I should say yeah. that, yeah. because... Yeah, they weren't. They weren't always extreme in making their women completely no, cover no. up, right? They were. No, they something were happened, right? Change fashion. Yeah, if you looked at the fifties, yeah. it was on and popping over there. Yeah, yeah I've like, seen pictures of that, like yeah. cool cars yeah. and yeah, all kinds bell of bell bottoms and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Chilling. Yeah, people were real yeah. fly back in, but I, you you brought up a good point. Like when you're talking about the women being adorned in basically just cloth from head to toe and all yeah. you can see is the eyes and in some cases even that is kind of like yeah. screened yeah. over that's right uh that that's again that's a further indictment of how much of a commodity women were treated as rather yeah. than treat the root of the issue yeah. in in terms of male 
desire or male lack of empathy or control or anything like that. They needed those business mm-hmm. associations. Yeah. They needed to win. They needed to yeah. have... I can't burn this bridge with this creepy Anglo dude. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I'm not trying to give up, you know, That's my, right. my yeah. woman for for this business deal or whatever so i'm gonna just keep the shit covered up covered but up. that's and you know what that reminds me of is the motherfuckers that try and victim blame to a degree mm-hmm. like where they're like well you shouldn't have been wearing that God. or something like that hey it's just a, an extreme guys, jump in a blender and kill yourself absolutely like, but that's a shit, that's that's an extreme well it ain't even really extreme it's really the same thing that's it's just typical, put in practice yeah. it's put in motherfucking practice yeah. if if a dude is saying you shouldn't have been you wearing. Shouldn't have that. been wearing that dress. That no, that mm-hmm. women wearing those that kind kind of garment mm-hmm. in accordance with modesty and things like that. That's overwhelmingly just an indictment of poor male behavior yeah. more than it yeah. is anything. All right, and then so- and then you get lightweight women get. And I hate to say it, I like well, I don't even hate to say it. But I'm not down with religion. It can kiss my motherfucking ass. But <laughs> that's the thing is that you drink the Kool Aid and women begin to accept their subjugation and they relabel it as, you know, something that might be empowering. Like, no, I I, I openly take on this as part of my religion. When, to me, again, I'm just a dude. So, I mean, whatever meaning you've created with that, that's fine. But the rudiments of that are not steeped in something that respects women. It doesn't matter what you've yeah, repurposed it as, but that's that's the rudiments of it. It's something that yeah. was used to control women and commodify yeah. women. So now that we've we're, we've hit around two hour mark, and what I want to do just because I want this to be uh, somewhat episodic, because uh, obviously we and we're gonna have Doctor Die on this one. Uh, I want to have part two with her on there as well because she would provide a great uh, um, aspect for women, and then also as we talk about uh, race and everything like that, she'll have an even better um, uh, perspective to give as well. But what I want to do now is what's something that we can leave people with. I know that we've our our overarching theme is the sins of our fathers, and I think that if you're listening through the whole thing, you can see where we've sort of come up with that, right? So, what what can we what can we what kind of message can we leave people with right now before we go? My my most important thing that I've taken away from this, or what's what's been the biggest thing for me personally that I keep thinking of is that competition and cooperation do not have to be mutually exclusive things. They can exist in the same environment. We Mm -hmm. can fulfill people's basic needs and respect their autonomy as individuals, whatever. But it becomes problematic when you step into competition because there's no such thing. You you know, you hear there's no such thing as a fair fight, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. There never will be. Let's, we have to make that fundamental acknowledgement that it's a moving target and we're never going to reach a point where everything's fair. Mm-hmm. Nobody's born equal. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. born into different you know, socioeconomic brackets and born with different genetic tools across the board. We're all just so fucking varied. So as a society, bunking the shit where competition has to start from the bottom up, we're past that point as a species. We have... Nobody even has fucking phones in their house. Everybody just carries one around in their yeah. pocket that's basically magic that does everything we want it to mm-hmm. do. We have reached a point as a species, well, particularly as a society here in the United States, that it would be relatively simple. It wouldn't be as lucrative to a lot of people, 
But it would be relatively simple to meet people's basic physiological needs. And even, I guess, some emotional needs Mm -hmm. as well. But we can't impose that type of cooperative, empathetic, socialistic paradigm on the other side of what we are as a species. This competitive striving for more to make progress. We have to have maintenance along with improvement. So we don't blend the two. You don't try and improve what's already fucking working as far as like meeting people's basic needs. Get that took care of, on to the next one. That should facilitate other people to have more time to really explore so they don't have to be stifled by meeting their basic needs. Yada, yada, yada. I'm saying all this nonsense just so we can be clear that this this idea that these two things have to be mutually exclusive, that people that espouse this belief in personal utility, like yourself, you're, mm-hmm. you're down with, with extreme uh, accountability Absolutely. on things. Mm-hmm. Um, that translates enormously to the competition realm, mm-hmm. where we're at. If you want to exist in that realm, you should be free to exist in that realm. But there should also be allowances for individuals that want to opt for a more cooperative paradigm. And I think, again, we we keep on looking at things in terms of this linear path, that it's evolution is linear and it it goes upward. Bro, we might be shooting ourselves in the foot at this point. You know, like we talked about with dogs and wolves, dogs look to us as shortcuts socially. Like they can, they use us essentially as our, as their frame of reference to how they see the world. Wolves can't do that. Because they have to do it out on their own. So they can't even look at a human face and work off of facial cues. It's not native to who they motherfucking are. Um, we have worked ourselves into a hole as a species where we may, within a couple of generations, few generations, become um, domesticated further mm-hmm. using technology to the point where we our own individual baseline utility is motherfucking stifled. So, again... I say all this wordy shit just to try and put things in perspective of, you know, progress and what we see as winning or um, moving forward as a species may not be this linear motherfucking thing. Um, You talked about tribes that have never had to worry about their needs being met. So what, why is it necessary to come up with, uh, you know, Notebooks and shit like that, Apple notebooks and things of that nature. Call it's not. It's fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It, oh, it was necessary for Kalu, but it's not necessary for everybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> but th- this idea that uh, of lauding individuals that are predatory that take control, hey, that's fine to an extent. But maybe men, maybe white men in this country have paved the way for a lot of shit, but now it may be time for individuals that are a little bit more interpersonally intelligent, a little bit more cooperative, and a little bit more long-term thinking than this on-to-the-next-one-progress, on-to-the-next-one-progress type of mindset. Right. What about you, Mark? Restate. What's the, in keeping with the theme of the sins of our fathers, what's the message that you can leave people with? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Revisiting the past to even consider what our 
sins of our fathers would be is I think, as far as I observe, a unique capacity. So if the ideas we have to address that are not equally as novel or unique to our human capacities, then they're probably the wrong ones. So doing more monkey shit, but doing it in a more sophisticated way is not going to solve the problem. Going to Mars ain't going to be the problem because the chimpanzees will move to another part of the jungle. You know what I mean? The lions will move to another part of Savannah and take over that and hunt more food. What can human beings do that only we can pull off and then make a, uh, a mechanism out of that that we grow mm-hmm. and carry on what we call culture, right? Find out whatever that is and do that thing. And then you, we'll, we will have a systematic way of correcting every time they become apparent to us the overarching uh, pervasive sins of our fathers because we can't figure them out until they start to present to us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to get to a pre- you got to get two hundred fifty years into the experiment, yeah. you know, before oh, yeah. you realize, oh man, we we got to look at this one. Yeah. And um, what can we do that apes can't do mm-hmm. that uh, protozoas can't do? They can't take an idea and make it into reality mm-hmm. just for the sake of creating a reality we want. And the, the currency that costs, the fuel that that costs, is something, I think, unique to human beings. Yeah. It's corny, but it's compassion. No, so. that's cool. dope. Cool. That's what I think. I think for for me, um, one of the things that makes us all very special is just as humans uh, is our ability to to go back into the past to try and figure out why we're the way that we are. Um, I think that understanding and, and hopefully if you don't, hopefully you should know that by now when we're saying the sins of our father, we're not just talking men. We're just talking about those before us. And uh, I think that, again, a really beautiful thing about us as humans is our ability to go back and try to figure out what went down or why things were the way that they are. And I think, and I was very surprised that our conversation went in the direction that it did. What I thought that it was going to be was us talking about like hurts and pains and all this other stuff. And it's like, what I should have said is that we need to go way deeper. It's way deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Way, way deeper than that. And it's biology. That's what it seems like. Mm -hmm. And the big thing for us in that you all said in here is there is a great need to reverse engineer what is going on, what we're experiencing and stuff like that. And um, I think that if we, and not, not just reverse engineer, but acknowledge, acknowledge that there is something that we're pulling this stuff from somewhere else, especially, you know, especially when we talk about race and stuff like that, there is, I never thought about it in a way that I think one of you guys said that when, when white people say like, why should I be paying for, something that someone else did there is that guilt i didn't i just never i never took the whole like no one wants to feel guilty thing i just never thought about that and um and i think that that play that can be translated into like tons of other things like it's not just about racism it can be anything out there um we have to be willing to meet a lot of that shit especially the bad stuff head on and understand why it happened in order for us to become better. So if, if it's, again, it doesn't have to be anything like slavery. If it's shit that your parents did way back in the day, the worst thing for you to do is act like it didn't happen or to act like that's not a part of you. I'm not them or something like that. I think the best thing to do is to go, you know, meet that shit head on, figure that stuff out, understand why it happened, 
understand all the context, the environment, all sorts of stuff, and then say, how can I make sure that I'm going to be better than that? Because that's that's way easier than unpacking the historical. Yes. The historical sins of our yeah. fathers. That's a much more complex that's thing. That's way more complex. But you can do that to yourself, your yes. own personal trauma. You mm-hmm. can do that. Yeah, and I think that uh, one thing that we said much earlier on in this podcast is one thing that joins all of humanity is trauma, is some kind of suffering. And I think that we've all encountered that in some way, shape, or form. But uh, again, I just I just feel like reverse engineering and acknowledging the shit from before is going to be the best way to to move forward. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I stand. And I, I know that whenever we have part two with Dr. Die, I believe, you know, that's one of the things that she really specialized in is talking about generational hurt and bringing that stuff over. I'd love to see yeah, what that... Yeah, it'll be that, great. It'll be great to see. A lot. I was expecting that too. Yeah, you know, yeah. But I like that, that I like that we went uh, down the rabbit hole with this one. You know, and, and I don't... I won't necessarily classify this one as a down the rabbit hole episode unless you guys want to. I'm totally down with that. But uh, uh, again, this just goes into the 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 theme of our podcast, man. We, we, I think that we did well to put something like this through the grinder. We, we uncovered more problems and, and more things than, than solutions. If, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah. We the uncovered digger, a whole lot. The digger more. you deep, the yeah. deeper you dig, yeah. the more problems show yeah. their face. Yeah. So I think what I've learned, especially right now is that there's way, way, way more work, way more discussions, way more episodes to be had on this type of topic right here. And I think that this lays the groundwork for uh, for us moving forward on this whole topic of the sins of our fathers. Uh, Brandon, did you have anything? I'm, I'm going to save the story that I had for the next episode. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. All right. So do we have any shameless shout outs or anything like that before we go? Uh, shameless shout out to Tyler Young. He mm-hmm. just took first. I think he tied for first overall at uh, – it was some – it was a Soaky Strongman okay. in Morgantown, yeah. I believe. The Catfish Festival, right? At the Catfish Festival. Was that the Catfish? Yeah, it Fuck, was. I wanted to go to that thing. But uh, shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Grade 8 Performance. Uh, you know, he's still trucking, making yeah. progress. Uh, I think he's got more on his plate than he knows what to do with. But if you reach out to him and he's receptive and he has time, you need to jump on that shit. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, JP at Hefty Clip. Hefty Clefty. <laughs> hefty Lefty Cleft Club. Asshole. Cleft Asshole Club Works. <laughs> hefty Lefty Club Works. Uh, <laughs> please hit him up to, to get any work done to your golf clubs. He does a lot of custom work. He does a damn good job. If you want to get your ass whooped on the course, too, mm-hmm. hit him up for that because uh, he will give you that business. Uh, I want to also give one to Bartley Weaver. Um, I saw him at the at the gym the other day, the different gym that I go to. You know, and again, I don't want to say the name because I like to keep it. I like to make it my gym, my experience. That's where I want to go. I don't want anyone to go over over there but me. But uh, it's been good. And truthfully, I, I want to give a shout out to this week. Uh, this week, for some reason, has been very different for me. And I, I mean, this week, I mean like you know the past seven days. Um, it's been productive, but low key. But I've just. I've been able to have conversations with people over the past few days that like it has really reinforced like where I believe that that my life is kind of going and uh, you know just being able to talk with people and work through different shit that they have going on in their heads and stuff like that has been 
really, really interesting. And, you know, I, I think in my, in one of our episodes, our early ones, I was, um, it was quarter life crisis where I said that I was having, uh, an, a struggle between who, who people want me to be and who I actually am. And, um, so it was, I just want you to be yourself, baby. I know. But I, I, but I think that my who I actually am is someone that really thrives in just listening to people and really just talking to people and having conversations and trying to help people unpack stuff more than it is my ability to like whoop ass with technology and stuff like that. Right. And uh, so the thing that I've really been just like struggling with internally is like, how do I capitalize on that? You know. And so I've you know I've been doing a lot of writing and reading and stuff like that to figure out how can I use the Salumist as that stuff. And so, you know, there's, I'm hoping that, you know, in the, in the near future, there's going to be some content and just real more of the charcuterie episodes where I'm just sitting there talking for about five, 10 minutes and expressing a thought or something like that. And then putting that up. Um, I probably won't make any posts about it. You'll just see a notification on your phone saying that I, you know, that I recorded something. Uh, but I'm going to be doing a lot more of that kind of stuff. And I feel like it's, it's more therapy for me than it is about getting anything out to anyone but i just want to say that part there so it's been it's been a good week and and real quick uh you know if if we had any kind of mishaps today bear with us this is a new context for us to be recording in i know i had word salad a couple of times but that was probably a combination of this you know new environment we're recording in it's hot in the motherfucker right now and then also the nature of this topic, I was not expecting for it to go in, in such a deep and precarious direction because yeah. I know the things that we say, somebody that's an alarmist would take it and run with it as though it's not us We're trying being to. Sexist, yeah, being it's, it's, and, and again, it's, it's us, our attempted at objectivity, not our attempt at pushing our opinion on yes, anyone. Yes. But uh appreciate y'all. Like I said, I know we I, I had a, a couple of little stumbles and wordy uh word salad moments, mm-hmm. but I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Yeah. Be patient with us. We trying, baby. Yeah, yeah. Mark, you got anything? Yeah, um shout out to the podcast and Thanks for having me up. Shout out to all the sinning fathers, too. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading your genetics recklessly. You're helping the the humanity evolve. And I, I'm, I'm glad you're the reason I'm here. I, I got a mystery dad. So shout out to all the deadbeat mystery mystery dads. And uh, I thought Chris was exceptionally sharp on this yeah, episode. Dude, I, I don't know what he was yeah. talking about. Hey, but uh, you know, I, I, I can't wait to re-listen. Because I uh, get always unexpected and cogent perspective. And I wish I could be that uh, measured, mm-hmm. but Chris can respond healthily in 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 a contested way yeah. without ever saying that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I just learned <laughs> yep. something, you know. Oh, yep. I didn't know it sounded like that. Being removed from social media for the most part, um, I don't get the feedback you guys get. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll continue to be that foil mm-hmm. for the for the topic because I'm I'm speak without any concern of coming off as misogynistic yeah. or anything like that. But it allows me to learn really rapidly mm-hmm. because there's uh, there's new new paradigms in how we communicate and how we consider each other and when we're a, talking mm-hmm. and uh, that's fun. And mm-hmm. this is this is a safe place for expressing Absolutely. your opinion. Now it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that like if somebody came in here being mad, reckless, and disrespectful, they ain't gonna get treated as mm-hmm. such. But if you're here to seek knowledge, this is the place. Yeah. yeah.
Absolutely. That being said, if any of you guys have any topics that you're interested in, in, in breaking down with us or anything like that, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we're going to really try to air a second episode this week if we can get it scheduled. Uh, one of the things that we want to try and do is uh, get more content out there more than just once a week. Um, like I've been saying multiple episodes, um, I do want us to serve as a as a library or as a, as a resource of just discussions and knowledge, hopefully. And so uh, I don't think that we're doing ourselves and we're doing you guys any justice by putting these discussions out one time every week. I think that there's a lot to be learned in, in just, you know, just a couple of hours, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, we're going to try by doing two and yeah, I'll, I'll be better about, you know, just putting more of my thoughts and stuff like that. And if that sparks more uh, episodes and sparks more hopefully we can get back to writing on the blog and stuff like that yeah you know, and, just doing more of that and now that we've got this body of episodes yes. man, like on thursdays we're going to be relatively yeah. consistent with throwing out yes. one from the archives yes throwback yes. thursday yes yeah. that's definitely thank you for reminding me about that i was, I was peace for not doing that but uh yes thank you all for listening thank you for your time uh your support uh again it's been awesome getting to meet new people as we've I've been able to promote the podcast a lot more and stuff like that. So thank you, all the new followers, all the new listeners. Oh, I, shameless I, shout out to the U.S. women's oh, national yeah. uh, oh, soccer yeah. team. How they yeah. do? They whooped they all won, the ass, bro. They won a yeah, whole month. They won, they, they won yeah. two zero against the uh, Netherlands, Netherlands yeah. today. Wow. Yeah. And brought it home again. Yeah. yeah. Four, four times. Shout out to Melting Pot USA. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> when you get all the good genetics of everything in the, in the world. Ridiculous. Yeah. Good. They're just head and yeah. shoulders. Just My sister's bigger, in, better, faster. in town from college um, who's going to eventually make it to the podcast as well. I was talking about the podcast to all of them at um, our 4th of July yeah. get together the other day. And they, they waited driving back her and her girlfriend to carolina uh -huh. to watch the soccer game oh really yeah and i didn't, I didn't know we were kicking butt like that yeah so, yeah so, women are fantastic so again cool. like uh, this is an exceptional thing this mm -hmm. is this is something that we should laud our uh, citizenry for mm -hmm. regardless if, if they're male or female but you know what our women's national soccer team is goddamn ferocious yeah, and has dude. been. Absolutely. So, so yeah. if you're going to rock they a jersey, on another level. if you're going to rock a jersey, pick up one of the U.S. women's yeah, national right. soccer jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. Rock that shit. Put your money where your mouth is. Because yeah. if you about the USA, yeah. then you should be about women's motherfucking soccer. Oh, you know? yeah. I can't wait to cop, cop a jersey or, yeah. or something. And, it's fun to celebrate that stuff. Yep. And on the same level, you guys have number 52 in the state. Sitting right here with you with the uh, great cycle oh, challenge. Oh, did you? Oh, I hit all my money. <laughs> oh, my God. I got 284 miles. I thought miles. that shit was over. Well, it is over, but I finally got <laughs> He almost it. called you a bitch. Uh, I know. <laughs> all of my donation goals. So, shout out to Children's Cancer Research. Uh, yeah. You got all my money. Thank you. <laughs> you got all my awesome. money. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. That's it for us. Have a good day. Enjoy the week. And we are out. Peace. Peace.